<laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> That's good, though. Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of Who Can Convince You, and our one-year anniversary episode. And I'm Luke. I'm Harry. <laughs> I'm Tim. Hello, hello, hello. How are we? Mm. Always well. Always well. Luke? Mm. 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 As good as that. That's that's that. Well, that's very good. That's very very good. Uh, you were mentioning earlier on, Tim, that you've uh, you've had a bit of a bulb fiasco. A bulb fiasco. You've been you've been hunting too for many bulbs. bulbs. That- I remember the time when bulbs came in either pearl or clear, and it was the same fitting. But in B and Q, there's an entire wall of bulbs, and they're all different. The bulb wall. Yeah, you got different temperatures. I used to work out. That's loud. Oh, no, Is it you're two thousand seven hundred Kelvin, six and a half thousand Kelvin? I used, to, I used to work in home base. Really, it's a pest, isn't it? Well, I had to educate myself on the bulbs. Yeah, because everyone asked me what yeah. the difference of bulbs. Yeah. When I worked at the university, just down the road from home base, and one of my colleagues was looking out the window one night, saying, "Look at that! What a lovely sunset." So we all rushed over to see the sunset, and it was the big orange O on the home base sign, all lit up at night. (laughs) (laughs) She never lived it down. The big O. The the big orange O. She'd never seen it before. She just looked out the window, big orange O, she thought, oh, it's a lovely setting sun. (laughs) It was a big orange O on the home base sign. And uh, what about your mouse issues? I got a mouse in the car. I got another mouse in the car. I've caught both those. There's now a further mouse in the car. It's somewhere behind the dashboard. So I've got traps for that. I'm going to catch that mouse tonight. I also have a mouse in my VW, but that's in the engine bay. Can't catch that one. Don't know where he is. And I found a dead rat upstairs two weeks ago. So there we are. My house is full of rodents. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any rat stories? Have I got any rat stories? Uh, I shot one once. No. Really? With a camera? No. <laughs> oh, gosh, gosh. With an air rifle. <laughs> I got them right here. Oh. And then when when you shoot them, they jump up. Do they? Yeah, before they die. Oh. Well, he was me- it's, it's that time when he was messing around with my ducks. Oh. With all my ducks, eating yeah. food. Yeah, you got no choice on this, was it? No. That's what I said before I shot. I'm so sorry, but it's <laughs> the only way. I got no choice. Mm. I shot him again, make sure he's dead. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking, rat. Yeah. <laughs> Put him up, punk. Uh, oh, oh well. That's my rat story. Oh. You got any rat stories? Um, not particularly. We had a few under the chicken coop, oh. but they uh, dissipated. Dissipated? Mm. Oh. They didn't just sort of... <laughs> well, they just went of their own accord. They just went. Oh. I moved the shed. They were under the shed, under the chicken coop shed. Yeah. Uh, I moved it, put some pepper down, <sighs> gone. Well, no longer an issue. Okay. Wish it was that easy see. with the car. Mice in the car. Who has mice in their car? Uh, Me. Well, yeah. How? You don't you normally Jim, get scratching. Um, no. I can't hear them. When I'm driving, I can't hear anything at all. It's because they're too busy moving the speed. (laughs) (laughs) 
I first knew they were there because I, I brought some peanuts home from work mm. in a bag. Mm. And when the following day I went back and the bag had a big hole nibbled in it. Mm. And I thought maybe I'd caught the bag as I was putting it into the back of the car. Mm. But um, no, they'd been nibbling the way through it. So a trap went down and I caught that one. I caught another one because you've been eating the dog treats. Mm. And there's another one there now. So if I get them before they nibble through the wires, I'll be fine. It's great, isn't it? Chucking the canal. There's oh, always no, it's yeah, always the no way. way you're going you to get rid of anything. Canal. Driving the, yeah. Drown for the canal. Canal. Old yeah. doors. The canal. Greenhouse. The canal. Anything. Yeah. Canal. Tyres. Prams. Yep. Prams. Trolleys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did everybody have a nice Christmas? No. No. Oh, no, you were hurling. Yeah. <laughs> All Christmas. Have you taken up a sport now, then? <laughs> I take it up a, a sport. Not, not hurling. Were you, were you ill? Yeah. Oh. I was puking all day. No. Oh. Didn't get up until Boxing Day. Oh. Missed it. Oh. I had the leftovers of Christmas dinner. Mm. Heated up in the micro. <laughs> there we are. Blended. Lovely. Ho, ho, ho. Mm. That was my Christmas. Did you have a nice Christmas? Uh, yeah. It was, it was pleasant. It was pleasant. Quiet and pleasant. Did you have a nice Christmas? Mine was great. Yeah. Just me and the dog all day. Oh. It was lovely. Oh, I was, you came here. You, oh, yeah. you came here Christmas Day yeah. as well, didn't you? Yeah, that. It was lovely. Hmm. Hmm. Might do it again next year. All like different Christmas cards. Our our Christmas days. Hmm. Yeah. You take a picture. You and the dog. Me and the dog. You, you with your head down the toilet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And me yeah. sat there in the dark. Aww. Ah well. So um, well. Yeah. We're kicking it off in style this, you know. Well, before we get into the stories... When does that happen, then? Uh, <laughs> give, it, oh, give it a while yet. Uh, so I thought what we'd do is we should start, as we mean to go on, with what? a quiz. Oh. oh, right. So I have themed this week's quiz. There are two quizzes to start us off, and then I think, Luke, you've got a quiz for halfway, haven't you? And we're going to... the Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got... Two quizzes to start it off, and I have themed these quizzes very vaguely to our stories we are covering today. So we're doing Pyramids of Mars and Eve of the Daleks. And I have a quiz prepared for you. Right, so you've chosen quiz number two. We have. Well, you, yes. Okay. Let us begin the quiz. Yes, please. Quiz part A is Egyptian fuel prices. Oh, it's my favourite subject. Get ready for this. I'm going to give you a sheet. I'm going to give you a sheet. Have a sheet. And have a sheet. Okay, it is, the, it is at the bottom. We've got the sheets. Okay. Oh, my laminated. Okay. Oh, come on, it's not a quiz. No, it is. <laughs> this is just luck. Okay. People, people of, uh, who follow the podcast know that we're going to carry on in our ways of very vague, boring quizzes that just pad it out a little bit. So, is it another quiz? <laughs> <laughs> Egyptian fuel prices, okay? These are in UK pounds. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so uh, 95 petrol. Yeah. Not proof, you know. Uh, is £1.45 at the moment. Grief. Over here. Yeah. You know, average price as of today. I'm not good at the price like this. <clears throat> I just put the nozzle in, 
Which isn't a quiz. <laughs> it's informative and related to our subject. Have you right. ever filled up? Oh. Right. With tears. At the petrol station. Yeah. You filled up your car. Oh, to a certain point, but you stopped dead on on the nearest decimal. I always try to. Mm. I always try to. I. It's really tricky. Last week, I did it without even thinking. Oh, beautiful. Stop dead on 20 quid. Oh, That's right. that is a lovely. And it's harder now because it's logging it faster, isn't it? Mm. When prices were low. Yeah. When pumps used to just be on When uh, pumps used to be an old man with a handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that way. Yeah. But it's really tricky to get it bang on, like, I don't know, well, two, £2.50. When I did it, I just looked yeah. around and thought, someone must have seen that. Well, yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. I thought the woman would, you know, the yeah. cashier. Give well me done. Your, give you your petrol for nothing. Yeah. I reckon, yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, UK price for 95 petrol at the moment is £1.45. Right. Uh, UK petrol price for 98 petrol yep. is £1.58. Yep. And diesel price currently in the UK is £1.49 per yep. litre. Would anybody like to have a guess at any of these prices? In I've converted them to UK pounds, shilling and pence. Yeah. Uh, what they are in Egypt currently? I reckon for a litre of ninety-five in Egypt, it's going to be hardly anything. It is going to be forty-five pence. Any advance on 45 pence, Luke? I don't get this. I get, I, I get it. I get the premise. I just don't do, li- I don't do litres and petrol. So I'm going to go for 60 pence. 60 pence. Yeah. 60 pence. Okay, the answer is... 39 pence. Oh. So, well, uh, yeah, that's close enough. So if I was going to do... A f- to fill up my car, it's 50 quid. Gee. Oh, you do to you're doing it to the money though, aren't you? Yeah. Which is what everybody does. But yes, yeah, it's fifty quid. Yeah. If I was in Egypt, how much would that? Be? Oh, you'd be brimming. What's fifty? <laughs> what, that what, what does that mean? What's fifty divided by one point forty-five? Luke, John, me. <laughs> um, who knows? A lot, a lot, a lot more. It wouldn't be as much. Yeah. So yeah, six quid. I'm not very good at maths. Uh, so UK. 98 petrol is £1.58 currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any advance on the the premium side of petrol? 45. 50 pence. 50 pence. Mm-hmm. 30. Oh, no, sorry. 43 pence. Oh. Very close, very close. Uh, diesel is currently £1.49, £1.50 in the UK. 50 pence. I think it's going to be cheaper because it's diesel, so I'm going to go 30. Did I get it right? 32. That's very close. Well done, well done. Oh, that was (laughs) (laughs) it. Sorry about that. There we go. Well done, everybody. Uh, (laughs) uh, Would you like quiz number two, which is number one? Yeah. Self storage, average UK prices. You see what I've done here? Uh, Vaguely, you know. Yeah, I can. Very, very very vague. Uh, So these prices are per month and offer unlimited access. Yeah, not so just on New Year's Eve. They are twenty-four. You know, just not just New Year's Eve. Oh, so this is not just like plastic boxes. No, this no, no. Is... These are storage lockers, oh. self-storage units. Right. Um, these are the average UK price of storage locker, 
unlimited 24-hour access mm. of every day of the year, except mm. Christmas Day, I think, is the only day that you can't go, Why? in theory. Well, unless know. you stay over from Boxing Day. Yeah, unless you can't. Boxing Day. But you are, there are certain requirements of things you are not allowed to store, as was stated in the episode we will be discussing. I think so, rubbish. Stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. Why not? Bodies. Why? Oh, yeah. Flammable yeah. materials. Yeah. You have to keep your IEDs at home, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can't, because no one's going to check, are they? Uh, well, well, it might go off. It wasn't me. Yeah. See, well, wasn't, there you go. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in my storage unit. So we're going to start... Who's <laughs> next door? Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with 50 square feet. 50 square feet is nothing, though, surely. Well, five I, by five I'm, by... I'm trying to work out how much that is. That's five foot by five foot. This five room. 25 by four. Is that this room? No. No. It's even smaller. Oh. <laughs> it's probably from that wall to sort of the piano? Yeah. Maybe? And then, yeah, and then about that high. Hoi. Hoi. Dinner bed this high. In South Africa, the price yeah. is... <laughs> it's about there to there and about that high. <laughs> <laughs> Do they get many Irish people in South Africa? <laughs> yeah. So, um, how much? A month. A uh, month. These are all prices... Per month, fifty well, square feet. I, I, I'd imagine these are the averages of uh, average UK prices. Average UK prices. Yeah, but like somewhere in London, my hike all these prices up. This is average UK price. Is it, so, so not the median. Median. Uh, well, yeah, it's the middle of the road. You know, the average price. I'm going to go for thirty pounds. I was going to go for forty. Okay. I think you're both in for a bit of a shock. <laughs> 50 square feet. 50 square feet, yeah. unlimited pounds. access, yeah. £99 That's a Fif- month. 50 square feet? For 50 square foot. You can't not even put your home in there. No, you, no, no, you wouldn't f- get a double O gauge Not 50 square there. metres. No, 50 square feet. Okay. Okay. Mm. So, unfortunately, that one didn't wow. go very well. Uh, 100 square feet. <clears throat> so, that's got two be of a, these rooms. <clears throat> 145. 162. <laughs> 199. <gasps> oh, so we're just going up by 100 every time. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, there we are then. 150 square feet. 295. Oh, see, 275. 299. Oh, what the cut? Mm. They charge you more for more every time. <laughs> 200 square feet. Price per month. 399. Three seven five. Let's hope for a discount. Three nine nine. Oh, oh, right. dead on. Well oh, done. Yeah. I want to get that. Well done, everybody. It's that much to store stuff. Uh, apparently so. Average UK prices. Yeah, but if you go down Larry's, you know, down the road, it's got a little garage. And yeah, yeah. So, well, you could, well, you could just chuck your stuff away, save some money. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in the canal. In the canal. Yeah. The, the, you shouldn't be keeping that, you know, Britain's waterway yes. storage. Yes. If you need to store something <laughs> that's outside your house, then something dodgy's happening. That's my thinking. Why? Because why can't you store it in your house? We haven't got enough room. People get rid too of it much then. stuff. Yeah. We'll get rid of it then. Oh, oh there no. is that. See? Yeah. There you go. Get rid. The minimalist approach. Yeah. What do they? What do the uh, the Dutch call it? Or the Swedish? They got a word for it, haven't they? Have they? Where you sort of get rid. But get rid. Oh yeah. <laughs> we back in South Africa. Again. Get rid. Uh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, thanks for the quiz, everybody. Thanks. And um, uh, we'll we'll move on. I enjoyed that. It was good. 
It is the old one. Oh, Couldn't find the new one. It's the year anniversary. Yeah, you know, we've been here. Bandy Man will lose me. <laughs> you couldn't find the new one? I couldn't find it. It's on Mega. I couldn't find it. I'll drive. Hmm. You, you've oh, organised them all. They're all in the same folder. They're not on Mega. Anyway. I'll uh, drive. What would you like to start with? Would you like to start with Pyramids of Mars or Eve of the Daleks? It's up to you. No, it's up to, no, it's up to Tim. You, let's start with... Let's go in chronological order. And we shall start with Pyramids of Mars. The Pyramids... Oh, sorry. Pyramids... Pyramids... Of Mars. Okay. <coughs> You've got notes. I always have notes on the iPad. But I thought... Oh, it, are they always that long? That oh, big? No, no. Not really. I thought I'd put effort in. You know, it's, it's, it's been a year. We've got a guest. You've got to look like you know what you're doing. When I, you're yeah. <coughs> Story title... Wow. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. Series 13. Serial 3. Aired from the 2nd to the 16th of November 1987, written by Stephen Harris. Not really. It's a fake name. Really? Yeah, it's a pseudonym. For? Uh, Robert Holmes. Oh, God. Who rewrote a uh, Lewis Greifer's script. Why? Because uh, wasn't very good. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, and you're not allowed. To, uh, we'll get into that. All right. Directed by Paddy Russell, produced hey. by Philip Hinchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes, and music is by Dudley Simpson. It is four episodes long. So, for the unaware, Robert Holmes is the script editor. Yep. You're not allowed, or you weren't allowed to have more than one credit. Ah, that's why I had a pseudonym. A pseudonym. Okay. So Why yeah. weren't you allowed? Uh, payment, <clears throat> I'm okay. assuming. Sort of, just not allowed. Payment. payment. Okay. Oh. So, uh, would you like a synopsis? Yes. Okay. In a Victorian Gothic mansion, strange things are afoot. The master of the house, away in Egypt, has been replaced by a sinister Egyptian. Cloth-wrapped mummies roam the grounds, killing people. Beneath a pyramid, the last of the Osirans... Uh, no, I keep saying that wrong. Osirans. Osiron. Osiron. The last of the Osirans, Sutek the Destroyer, wants, uh, waits to be freed. At long last, to bring his gift of death to all that live. For... So there we go. Was that it? That that is, a, that's the synopsis. Okay, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's the brief that's synopsis. That's a very brief synopsis, yeah. Okay. okay. So um, before I ask your initial thoughts, okay, uh, Luke is aware of this. I don't think you are. There are two um, sort of ultimate ratings of where stories sit, the rankings, okay? Hey. They did the, the Mighty 200, yeah. which is when there was 200 <laughs> episodes of Doctor Who. 200 stories, sorry. Yep. They were all rated in order. Yeah. And then on the 50th anniversary, when there was a few more, they were rated again. Would anybody like to guess where the Pyramids of Mars came in the Mighty 200? Most which, of which, are, order, which order do they go number on? One is, 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 number one is the best. Number, 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 yeah, number one is number one. Number one is know. number one. It's got to be in the top ten, because it was, it was all right. I reckon it's in the top 30. Okay. Any 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 advances on the, the nine? Vi- nine? Thirty two. It is number seven. Oh I wouldn't agree with that. Time. No, no, no. Would, no. In the fiftieth anniversary year? Well, so go, what, few- what's after this in the in the in the rankings? I can see my ours. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strange episode. <laughs> Okay, well, oh. talk some, talk amongst yourselves, and I'll, I'll have a look. Well, there we are, number nine. Number nine. Why don't you think it should be number nine? 
I, think I, I, I only guessed because I haven't seen many. And when I saw them last, I was about well, I was I was not old. Well, I'm used to mine not even being on the list. Right. So I just always assume higher. Okay. It's so never why, as good as everyone else thinks. Right. It's why be. are yours on the list? Are you? Because it's shite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It is, isn't it? Normally. Really? Normally. Yeah. So wh- why do you like them then? It had 200 chances to be there. I missed them all. <laughs> they didn't get there at no. all. Uh, so things that are around this, um, we'll go from number one. Yeah. Caves of Androzani is number one. Oh, we know. I, I, I don't know any of these at all, yet. so you can uh, just read uh, out names to me. Blink is number two. <laughs> I know, Blink is the one with the angels. Yes. That's fantastic. It's number two out of all time. Uh, number three is Genesis of the Daleks. I haven't seen that. Number four is the Talons of Wen Chiang. I, I want to see that. It looks yeah. funny. Number five is The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, The Gas Mask. Christopher Eccleston one. Uh, number six is Human Nature, Family of Blood. No idea. Oh, yeah, you know that one. Do I? Oh, you do. A little fob watch. Knew who. It's the first time they introduced the fob watch. No, that's uh, yeah. Utopia Sound of Drums. No, that's after that. the story. The story introduced the idea of the... You can harness... A, oh, right, is regenerate. it? Yeah. Is it? Oh, sorry. I don't understand a word of what's going uh, on. Number, s- number seven is Pyramids of Mads. Number do you eight... Remember the Scarecrows? Oh, vaguely. Is that vaguely. One? Oh, well. Uh, number seven is Pyramids of Mars. <clears throat> number eight is City of Death. Number nine, Robots of Death. Uh, number ten, Bad Wolf, Parting the Ways. Oh, God. The Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, God. So, so how many of those are the old Doctor Who and how many of those are the new uh, Doctor Who? Sounds half and half. Caves is number one. That's old Who. Mm-hmm. Genesis is number three. That's old Who. Talons of Wang Chiang, new Who. Uh, old Who, sorry. Uh, Pyramids of Mars, old Who. City of Death, old Who. Robots of Death, Old Who. So six, six out of ten. Oh, six are old who. Right, okay. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. So I couldn't understand why you hadn't done Pyramids of Mars before, because it was very good. Well, I, you picked this one, didn't you? Yeah. Um, why? Because it had words Pyramids and Mars in it, mm. and it sounded great. Mm. Yeah. I like that. All right, then. Initial thoughts upon viewing. <laughs> I thought it was great. Sorry, yeah. I didn't fast forward to too much of it. No, I haven't got the patience to sit down and watch anything. So I'll watch it largely fast forward until there's an explosion or a car chase, then I'll stop it. Oh, I'll go back a, a few seconds and I'll watch the laser robot monster car chase explosion and then fast forward a bit more. But I didn't do too much of that during this. I watched almost all of every episode. Wow. Yeah, it's me. Oh, the four episodes. Yeah, I did the same as well. I didn't really get distracted. I'll give it that. Yeah. I love 1.5 times speed. Because you can still, speed you can still it? hear it. You, you still know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Speed up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I so. didn't do that with this. No. They don't have that on Britbox. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they do. What did you think, Harold? Oh, do they? On this. Do they? Oh, it's on Britbox. At 1.5 times speed? Oh, no, no. Not at oh. 1.5 times speed. No, I just went speed, 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 speed. Stop. Go back. Mummy. Robot. Yes. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, robot gone. Speed, 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 speed. Stop. Yeah. Uh, I think this is great. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I never used to rate it that highly. It's always one that everybody always says, oh, it's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. Why? Uh, well, I'm sure it will reveal itself so. as we go it through. It's a story but, to me. Yeah. I, well, I remember, I never used to understand why people thought it was so good. 
no. when I was younger because it's it's always been one that sort of is up there. Oh. And the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. And I haven't seen this probably for a fair few years now. And I thought it was top notch. I've never seen it. No. It was great. It was it was it was very yeah. very good. It's the first time I'm seeing what's her face, Sarah Jane. Is it? No, it isn't yeah? Is it? I think so. No, I think so. You did Death to the Daleks when she's with uh, with Big John. Big John. Mm. That John. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, well, the first time seeing this this the, the, this Tardis team. This Tardis team. Yeah, the Tardis team. And they're on fire together. They they were great. The these two, as much as they're probably not my favourite Tardis team, <laughs> they are the here's the word the quintessential. This is this is what Doctor Who is. If you say to yes. people who what is Doctor Who, it's him with the scarf and that girl. Yeah, I it, think so. It is probably, and it is this time period as well. So yeah. mid seventies, mid late seventies. Yeah, know. it's either him or Hartnell. I remember before I even watched Old Who, it was Hartnell him. I only know those two. Mm. That's pretty much Doctor Who. Well, I'd, 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 I'd say these are up there for me as a companion. No, as a TARDIS team. They, yeah, they're definitely up there. They're definitely Nothing up there. will, you know, defeat John. Uh, I love John. Uh, yes, he is, it, is good. He's not good, is he? He's amazing. He was, yes. Oh, he's great. But, um, I don't know. He is, but Tom Baker's got he something. Yeah, when yeah. Tom Baker's on screen, he has got this it's, thing. Yes. I don't know what it is. You know, he's probably not the best actor in the world. Well, but he's just John he could win is, him in a fight. He's Doctor Who. He's a big presence on the screen, isn't he? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's like a, a slightly smaller Brian Blessed. He's and he's a big bloke as well, isn't he? So <laughs> he's he's a sort of, big bloke. Well, yeah. he, you know, he is a big bloke. Yeah, he towers over everybody, and he's sort of he's just a very yeah. <laughs> right then. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, would you like to break down episode one? Go on then. I shall read you episode one and then we shall discuss okay. or move me on. Okay. <clears throat> move you on. That was good. What's that supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know what I've done. Anyway. <laughs> that was yeah, a fantastic theme tune. <laughs> Shall I put the bald one on? Egypt, 1911. <laughs> <laughs> Judith Chalmers. <laughs> Egypt, 1911. Marcus Scarman finds the door to a burial chamber mm. is inscribed with the Eve... No, shall I, shall I start that again? I'll keep going. I'll keep going. So I'll dig that hole a little bit more. Egypt. What's wrong with that? 1911. Marcus Scarman finds the door to the burial chamber is it, and it is inscribed with the Eye of Horus. The, hier- <laughs> the hieroglyph glows. Everyone runs away, but Marcus enters the chamber alone. As he holds the light to see the undisturbed tomb, he is hit by a green ray that emits from, the, uh, from a seated figure. Can I stop you there? You can. Exorcist. I was thinking Exorcist straight away. At the beginning of Exorcist. He goes into the, the little tomb and he finds the, the little figure. That's, that's the devil. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen the exorcist? Not for 
Oh. Yes. It's the first like ten minutes. He goes to Egypt and there's a he goes into a tomb and oh, I didn't know that. Is this before yeah. the Exorcist? No. When did when was this? I wasn't listening to the first, but uh, when when nineteen seventy seven? You keep reading, I'll keep digging. You keep digging. The fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane are still on their way back to unit headquarters in the TARDIS. At the moment the tomb is disturbed, the TARDIS is forced out of its flight path. Sarah Jane sees an apparition of an alien, jackal-like face, in the TARDIS console room. The Doctor comments that a mental projection that could have this effect on the TARDIS would be powerful beyond imagination. He follows the energy source back to its point of origin and lands the TARDIS in the Scarman family home, the future site of the unit headquarters. Mm. Mm. We see that flogs, don't we? We do. Mm. We do. Uh, The Doctor and Sarah Jane explore the Priory and find what appears to be Egyptian artefacts in a room which the TARDIS has materialised. In which the TARDIS has materialised, sorry. Discovered by Collins the butler, they are told that the house has been taken over by a mysterious Egyptian gentleman by the name of Ibrahim Namin. I have had to practice that. That was well done. Thank you. Uh, Collins, BBC News never do that, do they, when they have to sort of say... Somebody's name. Don't they just say it. Yeah. Did that well. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Collins urges them to leave. As he turns to inspect the room after the Doctor and Sarah's departure via the window, a sarcophagus lid begins to move. Move. (laughs) In another part of the Priory, Namin is confronted by Doctor Warlock, an old friend of Professor Scarman. But uh, But their heated debate is interrupted by a scream. Warlock and Namine find that the scream came from Collins, who has been strangled in the storeroom. <laughs> Namine, sh- <laughs> Namine shoots Warlock to prevent him from going for help. The doctor who has witnessed this argument and heard the scream prevents the shot from being immediately fatal by using his scarf to pull the gun from Namine's hand. The three make their way to escape the grounds of the estate. Instead of following, Namin removes the lid of another sarcophagus to reveal a mummy. Mm. Holding up his ring, he commands the <laughs> He commands the mummy to activate and orders it to pursue them. We're nearly there. Oh god. I hope so anyway. When did this come out? Seventy seven. Seventy four, the Exorcist. Mm. Copied. Oh. Or inspired by. We're nearly there. The Doctor, Sarah and Warlock hide in the woods until the pursuing mummies are called off the hunt by Namin, who is summoned to the central room of the house by a blast of organ music. Uh, The three fugitives make their way to a hunting lodge on the grounds used by Lawrence Scarman, Professor Scarman's brother, as as his home. Lawrence is an amateur scientist who's laced... I'll put my teeth back on. In... Lawrence is an amateur scientist whose latest invention is the Marconiscope, which the Doctor recognises as a primitive form of radio telescope. The Doctor doctor asks Lawrence to demonstrate the device. He switches it on, but it just gets faster and faster and won't switch off before the tube blows. The Doctor uses his own version of the device and picks up Mars transmissions. The signal reads, Beware Sutek. Namin and the mummies. (laughs) 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 Namin and the mummies greet the arrival of Sutek, who travels to the Priory via a disco corridor. However, it is the servant of Sutek who emerges from the portal. You did say disco corridor. I did say disco corridor. 
corridor, uh, appearing as a dark helmeted humanoid figure dressed in black. Namin pleads with him, but he announces, I am the servant of Sutek. He needs no other. He places his hands on Namin's shoulder. Namin starts screaming as the smoke comes from his skin and he speaks, Die. I bring Sutek's gift of death to all humanity. Yeah. End of part <laughs> one. How do you spell Sutek? S-U-T-E-K-H. Sutek. Or Set. Oh. Or Set. Or whoever. Are you... Uh... Are you all right there? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the what the devil was called out of The Exorcist. And oh, it was actually Pazuzu. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's not quite the same one. Bingo! Make <laughs> <making> good trucks. <laughs> Did you notice when he came out of his disco corridor? Yes. But when he put his foot on the carpet, all smoke came out from his feet. Brilliant. Fantastic. Look at me. It's great. I don't. I can't remember that. Oh. <laughs> that that's probably one of the best cliffhangers ever. Yeah, it's great. Oh, right, at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Right. I thought you just meant it's a random bloke walking in the corridor. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Smoking. Sm- yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Um, it's a great <laughs> opening st- episode. Yes, lots. There's lots there. Yeah, t- it's it just cramps. It's preps. crammed full of stuff. Yeah. My Is that a word? What? Yeah, preps. Preps. I was going to say craps. Preps. But it, it keeps going up and up and up, this Ooh, episode. Right. Oh, I see it escalates. It does escalate. some tension. And then by the end <laughs> of the episode, Podcaster. you know. <laughs> yeah. The next episode has to have yeah. Sutek <clears throat> or yeah. something that's big. Yes. It's one mm. of those where you look and think, three episodes left. Oh my God. And yeah. for a treat. It was very good indeed. Mm. My problem with it was, it took me a while to get over the carry on screaming. <laughs> Oddbod. It was, I was waiting for Oddbod. Oddbod. <laughs> I know someone who looks like Oddbod. Um, it did take me a while to get over the frying tonight. Yes. Because it was gothic. Frying tonight. And everything looked a bit, yeah, carry on. But once I got that out of the way, yeah. <clears throat> it was fantastic. It's, um, well,. Uh, and the huge amounts of polystyrene on show. Oh, that's, the, <clears throat> that's it. I just expect Fenella Fielding to turn up. Um, oh, odd, bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it was an excellent first episode. Well, all of the stories that are in Philip Hinchcliffe's, or most of the stories that are in Philip Hinchcliffe's era, are all based on horror films. He's Philip Hinchcliffe. Are they? Yeah, the producer. Seriously? So it makes sense. He might have done, you know, and yeah. got inspired by the access. So this Are is they? this is the mummy. This is the mummy. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, talons of Wen Chiang and you know, things like that. We'll we'll get to those. Well, the I I like the um, is it this not the, it's the second scene I think isn't it with the doctor and Sarah in the TARDIS? Yeah, and where he's being all. Oh, I'm depressed. You know, well, not depressed, but he's oh, being a bit. Oh, he's t- uh, saying she looks like uh, what's his face, Liz. Yeah, well, he keeps what's getting her name, name wrong, and then she he says, "Oh, I'm a time lord," and she puts a scarf and goes, "Oh, I know you're a time lord." Yep. Oh, they're just oh, they're great. Yeah, they're so good together. Yeah, that apparition of a face. Hmm. That was dead scary. That was really mm. scary. It's great. Yes, it was. Mummies freak me out. Well, no. Ancient Egypt freaks me out. Go over the no, it's fantastic. Egypt's oh, great. great. Yes, I remember really when is. the Tutankhamun exhibition that was in the O2 in London. Yep. I went to see that. 
Yeah, how was, how was he? Was he good? Was he all right? He's a bit stiff. <laughs> but um, it was great. You know, everything's dark, isn't it? Because you, yeah. you can't sort of put your flash on. And, no. You know, no. Watch his head just go... <laughs> get, your, get your flash on. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, it was, it was great. It is fantastic stuff. Egypt is... I've it, always wanted to go to Egypt, but, uh, you know... It's, it's weird, uh, isn't it? Apparently there's not... Well, I've been on there. Well, I don't know. Well, was, well you know, uh, as in the pyramid bit... Yeah, I'd love great. to go and see, but the, the pyramid bit, the pyramid bit, but it's fascinating how they did it and the mythology behind it, and it's the perfect thing for Doctor Who to do because mm. yes. you, when you've got something that sort of yeah. we know so much about, but not how it was set up, no, essentially, I think yeah, there's sorry, cool. no, I was just going to say there's always that mystery there, and when there's a when there's a, a, a tiny element of mystery, mm. you can just expand that. Mm. The mummy's return. The Nivu. Mummy on the Orient Express. Yeah, sort of. Awful. Mummy on the Orient Express? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mummies are great, though. Yeah. Like to see. yeah. If, if these mummies looked these more like... These ones were If they looked more like Boris Karloff's mummies... Why did they look like... Mittens. Mittens and... Big chests. Big chests. Weird, wasn't it? Well, they mm, were yeah. servitors, weren't they? Sort mm. of. Yeah, but I thought it was great. But if they were a bit more, you know, bits hanging off Boris Karloff, yeah, money, having those three of those like, coming through the woods after mm. you, that would be dead scary. Not like that. It's a lot like bog roll, but yeah, well, you, you almost, it, almost like bog roll. Yeah, but it's gully, wasn't it? This really? look yeah. like they super glued it on. Yeah, you know, I think the mummies do look great though. Yes. in their own they way. Do, they yeah. Look, yeah, you know, they. I think if they. Did use the sort of the Boris Karloff mummy. I think they would have had run into a bit of uh, issue with doing that on screen without getting told off. Probably. They would, but you could have had sort of more mummyish mummies, which would have been scarier. You can't copyright yeah. mummies, can you? I'm mm. sure you can. You can probably copyright the face, can't you? But yeah. you can't copyright the rest of him. It's a mummy. It's a mummy. Just put him in a boiler suit like Oddbod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mummies are mummies and mummies, aren't they? Said I am. Mummies are mummies are mummies. Did anyone notice right at the start where they came to that huge big slab of granite that was closing the door? Yeah. When they just lifted up to one side and chucked it to the right. Wow. There must have been more polystyrene in this episode than anything else. They did their lift. Yeah. My favourite bit was the uh, organ player. Oh, he's not playing. Yeah, he no, steps, yeah. no, he steps away from the organ and it still goes. I noticed yeah, yeah. that, but I thought they'd done that on purpose. It is on purpose. It is on purpose. Yeah, it okay. is on purpose. I thought they, they, they just sort of absorbed that into the other sounds that were going on, didn't yeah. they? It's, it yeah. is. Dudley Simpson is playing that. No. And they went to a church to go and record that. Whoa. You know, Whoa. especially. And it's it's great. And it's a harmonium or something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps going up and up. Yeah, but and it always up. And it's never going to resolve. Like, no. it's, it's just great. How, it's great. Come, how come it can just stand up and it keep playing? Well, it's it's. I think it's supposed to be sort of part of the ceremony <clears throat> to sort of get yeah. Sutek to come. Oh, so he's like, he's joining in, but really the piano is doing it himself. No, no, it's, it's just he's sort of, the spirits are taking over. Oh. I think it's that sort of... They have to play. Yeah, they're good. Well, I, I, I think it was great. Yeah. I thought the organ sound just being absorbed into the other sounds and then just increasing. Mm. Everything fantastic. just gets louder. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's like it's hit some sort of loop and it's just going round and round and round regardless. It's marvellous. Has anyone played an organ in a church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Right, well, I'd love to. Is it good? <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. But does it sound big? Not the organs I played. No, no. Really. I think if you go, if you're a cathedral, right? Yeah, that's what I'm mean. talking. But but like, like it goes the 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 cheese go to the ceiling. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't really remember that much of playing because I was in a couple of weddings. I think mm. like three or something. But it's so stressful. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what's but going I, on. Do I you? don't remember no. any of it really. Yeah, I'm talking about the big cathedral ones. Oh, that, that, that must, must be, be amazing. That must be fantastic. But I think the, when the sound gets to you, it's slightly after when you've played it. That's the echo. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's tricky. I think that's whenever you watch, like, I know you're a big fan of Kings, you know, the Christmas Carol episode, you know, thing hey. that's on BBC of like, the King's Choir. And, yeah. You know, you, oh, the, the organ player is all, it always feels like they're, they're yeah. dragging. Oh, like. Yeah. Um, the one for New Year's when they were at the Shakespeare Theatre? No. Not anything like that? No, not like that. Well, anyway, I'd love to play an organ at a big cathedral because I feel like I'm calling in angels or something. Yeah, it must be, it must be great. Yeah. I've played the one in Wrexham. Oh, really? Yeah. What's it like? Uh, sluggish. Yeah, they're all sluggish. Yeah. They're old. They're just sort of spongy. Yeah. Mm. That's a problem with big organs. Yeah. It was all right, though. They get spongy. <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, so the servant that's appeared... Well, can I uh, say something else? You can. Yeah. Whatever you like. It's Ooh. rare to see an, uh, an episode of Old Who where they just introduce the characters and just carry on with the story. Usually it takes one or two episodes to really... You're right. ...nail down the characters and they have little conversations, maybe they have their dinner. Yeah. And we just watch them out of dinner and... Well, really, there's not that many people in the story. No. Like the cast list is quite small. Enough for them to die, though. Well, everybody dies. Yeah. Yes. Except the Doctor and Sarah, everybody dies. Really? They do, don't yeah. they? Yes. The gamekeeper dies. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, but- the, the butcher? The butler? Yeah. The butler dies. Yeah. The- Namin dies. The book with the fez, he yeah. dies. Um, yeah. Warlock, uh, Scarman's already dead. Yeah. He the, kills his brother. The other Scarman dies. Oh. Yeah. The other Scarman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Ernie, the groundkeeper, yeah, he's dead. Well, oh. Tom says it's all a sacrifice, isn't he? Mm. Of course, everybody dies. Mm. They are but, what well, a nice scene. No. What a nice idea to have a scene where we go into the future and see what it would look like. Yeah. This is why these people must die. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Otherwise, I don't think they would have got away with it. No, they wouldn't. No, you're right. Part two. So the servant, the black-headed, steamy the, figure. The dog oh. with the green eyes. Dark helmet. No, 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 yeah. oh, the, the dark-helmeted figure. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, transforms yep. into Marcus Scarman. And he doesn't oh, look well, does he? He no. looked like the demon headmaster. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, it was like the demon head. Do you remember the demon headmaster? <laughs> you demon headmaster. Do you want to watch this? It's Bernard Archer, isn't it? I don't know. It. He's sort of one of those faces that he's sort of been yes, in everything. But been in everything, yeah. I think he's been in Doctor Who a couple of times as well. Uh, he's... It's, yes. He's got the face, the perfect face for playing... Yeah, Demon Headmasters. I can't say I know him. You don't... No. Oh, I think see, it's on Ripbox. Uh, probably is. Probably. Oh, I can watch that. I like to speed them. There you go. Then. There you go. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so he doesn't look well. He's very pale. He looks, he looks terrible. He looks he? terrible. Yeah. Uh, after Scarman and the robots leave... It's the same colour as his jacket. He is, yes. uh, that's, uh, the, I will say as well, the costumes and sets... Yeah. Mm. I thought they were great. They're perfect. Mm. Yeah. They bang yeah. on, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like his sort of silk explorer, uh, you know, cotton... Yeah. 
I don't know what material it is. Did he have an explorer hat? No, no. Oh. I like that. You I'll know, the helmet. <laughs> Pardon? I haven't had a drink. <laughs> it's, it's just a pith helmet. <laughs> um, uh, you know the very start where he enters the the tomb. Yeah. And there's there are the Egyptians that are with him. They do say I can't. I, I thought I'd written it oh, down. Oh, he says something horrible there. He does say in Egyptian, like sort of beware, Sutek or yeah. something. You know. And then he says. Oh yeah, he, like, he says uh, uh, slightly insensitive. Oh, what does he say? Something you, savages. Yeah, you, oh, savage well, fools. Or something, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Wow, and he's proved wrong. Yeah, there you go. I suppose. Yeah, he was. So there you go. Good. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, after Scarman and the robots leave, the Doctor, Sarah, and Lawrence enter the enter the enter the main room. <laughs> Bruce also. <laughs> Is he higher or lower? The Doctor explains that Sutek is the last of a powerful alien race uh, called... The Osirians. I've written it a different way every yeah. time it's in here. Osirians. Born 7,000 years ago. Well remembered. We a paranoid megalomaniac who came to believe... Oh, yeah, sorry. A powerful megalomaniac who came to believe that all life was his enemy. He locates the space-time tunnel, the disco corridor, uh, but accidentally activates it and is nearly dragged through. He he disrupts the tunnel with the TARDIS key and is knocked unconscious by the energy discharge. (laughs) Lawrence (laughs) Lawrence hides the three of them in a priest hole. A priest hole! This is great. <clears throat> Did you write this? Yes. Oh, it's very good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might have borrowed a little bit from Tardis Wiki every now and again, but, you know. No. Uh, in another part of the estate, a poacher, Ernie, finds a mummy trapped in one of his snares. Oh, this yeah. takes up a lot of this episode. <clears throat> where it's just Ernie in the well, forest, and he doesn't say much. It's just mummy he's trying to get. It's Mick Jagger's estate, it's, by the way. Is it? His mum mm. and dad were in residence at the time. No. Yeah, he's probably on the road, isn't he, or wow. something like that. Good grief. Yeah. I think they had to take time over this one just to build up how dangerous the mummies were. Mm. And they That's just true. Open that a trap. True. I like that it's just stomping its foot, yeah. isn't it? Because it's stuck, stuck in the snare. Mm. Ooh, but that, mm. that must be. Well, it yeah. must be on bone, wouldn't it? Mm. Straight through. Perhaps you'd see mm. it on sort of, you know, It'd be mummy, air rescue. Yeah. yeah. Air rescue. Mummy down. Who was it that was on air rescue? And you rang me to tell me that they were on air. <gasps> oh yeah. A phone call out of the blue. Have you have you watched the recent air helicopter yeah, rescue right. episode? And you're like, it's so and so so and so's wife or somebody. John Heisman's wife. Oh, the saxophonist. The saxophonist. Yes. Whose name is Barbara? I can't uh, remember. Fantastic flute player. Fantastic saxophonist. Barbara. 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 So good, the names are twice. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. So he finds a mummy trapped in one of his snares. He runs away, but it hit. But he hits an invisible barrier put around the perimeter. Clikey Moses. Yeah. Uh, the, the stick. The stick. It's done really well. That I don't know how they get the stick to bounce back. I must have really done it. Yeah. It's great. Well, I suppose throw it. And then put a cut in it, and just soak someone throws it back. Oh, yeah. And just put the cuts together. It's really quick. Yeah. So Tie a piece it. of fishing line to it. And yank it back. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, it's probably that, actually. Anyway. Uh, sorry? 
I think. <laughs> Once Scarman has finished placing the generators, he finds Warlock and questions him about the other people within the barrier. Mm. Ernie hears Warlock's death scream and mm. tracks Scarman to the house. Whilst hiding in the house, the Doctor realises... No, sorry. Whilst hiding... Not in the house. The Doctor realises that we will be able to stop Sutek controlling the servant and the mummies by using Namin's ring. The, and, <laughs> <laughs> it stopped me. Let's try that again. He wrote her. Sorry. The Doctor realises that he will be able to stop Sutek controlling the servant and the mummies by using Namin's ring and Lawrence's scientific apparatus. Or apparatus. <laughs> apparatus. We yes. used to have a biology teacher in no. school that used to say apparatus. 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 Mm. Uh, Scarman is... <laughs> I'll try that a little bit more. Uh, Scarman yes. is prevented from finding them when Ernie fires his shotgun at Sta- Scarman's back and is amazed back. to see the explosion reverse and all damage healed. Ernie runs away. That wasn't done very well. I thought it was done really well. It looked. I thought that was done right. It's filmed backwards, <clears throat> isn't it? So he's, he's stood. Was it? Yeah, he's <laughs> he stood there. The explosion goes off, mm-hmm. and then he walks back to the window. So I, th- I thought it was great. It's okay. It made me stop fast forward to watch it. Must have been good action, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, guns. Guns, action. Guns, aliens. Yes. The big three. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just a bit heavy-handed. I mean, I don't know what else to expect. It's a good thing. It adds charm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, charm's good. It's it's brilliant. And when you're like nine years old, oh, oh it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, it works. Yeah. His chest bursts and just yes. sort of yeah. walks backwards. It's uh, found with Doctor Who. It's the the effects go all over the place in quality. So like it yeah. could be incredible. Like, how the hell did he do that? Uh, well, I think I think this one's done really well. Yeah, I think I'd it, say it's a good seven. It's, it's not because sometimes when they reverse film, because this is all on video, isn't it? It's mm. you know film and video. I think it becomes quite obvious. Like nowadays, they can reverse it and it just looks oh, exactly the yeah. same. It the quality doesn't it doesn't degradate in quality. But I think when they reverse, is that the right word? Degrade. Degrade. Yeah, doesn't get worse. De- doesn't get worse. Uh, is it? I don't know. Or de- boils. Well, don't, don't worry about it. Oh, like, um, the kettle's boils. So are we going to work out what the word is? Or degrade. Degrade. Degradable. Degradable. No, that's, that is a word, isn't it? Degradable. Is it? Okay. Biodegradable. Yeah. Bio-de- bio-de- is that a word? <laughs> yeah. A made. The conservatory wicker furniture set. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I can't think where I've got to. Wicker so- furniture set. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible things. So, Ernie runs away. The doctor locates Namin's corpse and retrieves his ring. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. And retrieves his ring. He, Sarah and Lawrence go to the TARDIS to avoid detection. Lawrence is amazed by the TARDIS. Mm. Sarah suggests they should leave in the TARDIS. I've written TARDIS on every line here. Because they know that the world did not end in 1911. The doctor demonstrates otherwise by moving the TARDIS forward in time to 1980. There... The TARDIS doors open to reveal a, uh, a blasted wilderness and thunder, rain, lightning hammering down onto Ashfields. They have no choice to but return to 1911 to stop Sutek or the future will be lost. Mm. 
The TARDIS re- returns to 1911, and the three retreat to the hunting lodge in order to rig a jamming unit to prevent Sutex controlling, controlling of his servants. Lawrence overhears the Doctor telling Sarah that when, he, when the jamming device is activated, all of Sutex's servants will stop, Marcus Scarman included. Mm. The living dead. There is a lovely, lovely reaction for Lawrence when his brother's being all sort of, you know, he's going to die. I think he's... Re- what? Is he from Grange Hill? Okay. Oh, he might be. Is he the headmaster? I think he might have been something to do with Grange Hill. He's got a very familiar face. What's his name? Uh, Michael Sheard. I think it is. He might be, actually, yes. Can you just Google Michael Sheard? Hang on, bear with. I spell Sheard. <laughs> I spell Sheard. S-H-E-A-R-E-D. S-H-E-A-R-D. A cuddly toy. Ooh. So he was 67 when he died. He did hair rollers. Uh, it, he was an actor. He was. I can't think of anything else that was popular in the 70s. He trained in the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. A six months worth delivery of spam. A lifetime supply of Arctic roll. <laughs> he was in more Doctor Who than this. Hmm. Such as the rem- remembrance of the Daleks. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in that as well. And the Stones of Venice. All the angel delight that you could eat. Smash. <laughs> he he did guest roles on on the buses. Space 1999. All creatures great and small. Sideboard. History Hitler of the Andes. A gramophone. <laughs> the death of Adolf Hitler. He likes Hitler, doesn't he? Hitler's last Heil. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Hitler's last Heil. I don't think he's in it. Oh. It must be someone who looked like him then. Sorry. Okay. Not in Grange Hill. Right, Grange Hill. The new one, the old one. The old one. He's dead. Is there a new one? We're making a film of Grinch, aren't we? No. No, I thought No, it's not. No. I bought a camouflage jacket. Can you find it? <laughs> I hung it up, but now I can't find it. <clears throat> yes, he was a great job. Hey, Thank you. There we are. Do you want to see a Why? picture of him as, as Hitler? <laughs> wow. Wow. It's pretty good, isn't it? Cool. Yeah, he's an aging Hitler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look uh, great as Hitler. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, the TARDIS returns to 1911, and all three. Ret- no, I've already read that, haven't I? Mm. Yeah, uh, the mummies kill Ernie, and when the device is, uh, yeah, the mummies kill Ernie, uh, and when the device is activated, the robots overrun the lodge. They knock Lawrence out, throw the Doctor to the floor, and one reaches out with his mittens to yeah. kill Sarah. Mittens. This was a proper ending. Yeah, mm. all menace and peril. Mm. Saturday afternoon. Mm. Good grief. How are they going to get out of this? This was a good ending. Nearly choked on your sausage. <clears throat> yeah. He, you know. It was a... I, enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed this one. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah. yeah. Good episode. Yeah. 
any more to say about that one, or shall I continue? No, what got me about this one is the sheer... It's just the sheer delight that the Doctor has in practically everything. Mm. He's having a lovely time. When when, um, Michael Sheard goes into the TARDIS with the Doctor... Yes. And he's like he loves that he's asking. Yes, he loves that he's amazed. Yes, you know, he's just having a nice time. He yeah. never thinks, never seems to be taking things too seriously. It's as though he knows that he's in control. Not yet, though. Well, well at, the, at this moment, yes. yes. But by the time he gets to the end of episode three, it gets a bit worse for him, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it looks like he just he just knows he's in control of everything, and he's having a lovely time in everything he does. Mm. Great, and this is a great point for Tom Baker as well, where he's at the height of his power. Yeah, you know, uh, give him a couple of seasons and it starts to starts to dip. Does he get but, fed up? Oh yeah. Does he? Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Well, he's having a lovely time in this one. Yeah, this is sort of the first the first half of Tom Baker's seven years mm. or eight years or whatever it was that right. he did. He's just on fire. Right. He doesn't put a foot wrong. No, ever. I don't think he was excellent on in this. this, on this he was great. Yeah, yeah. No. Now, oh. you say play it straight a lot. You say that the new doctors aren't taking things seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, then, not that they're and not taking it seriously. Is that the the dialogue has a lot of jokiness in that is played with a sort of a so wink. She'll be she'll reserve this um, or delay this conversation until we. Come on to the eve of the Daleks. We can. I mean, do do you have a, a oh, more do you want specific to keep up point? With it now? Because I, I think you're dead right there. They are angling after the laughs. Mm. I'd say as well. Tom Baker is until the next episode, and then when mm. she hits the fan, oh <laughs> yes, now it's serious. Now it's serious, and yeah. he knows well, he's, he's really that, he knows he's slightly out of his depth. Yeah, yeah, and it always feels with New Who. I'll say this one bit, and then. We'll, yeah. we'll quickly move on. Whenever there's sort of a comedy element to what the Doctor's going to say, mm. it, it's at the wrong point. It's something very serious is happening, and it's sort of, I love crisps. It's incongruous. Tis. It is. <laughs> but I, anyway, I thought this episode was great. What got me was like, you know zombie films? Mm. People running away from zombies, and the zombies are walking mm. because they've either got one leg or they can't run. But they never get any further away from the zombies. But you could just run away from a zombie. And it was the same with the mummies. Mummies, they couldn't run. They were just walking and people were running away. Maybe and the mummies were still there. So but many of them. There's only three of them. But what I do like <laughs> is that that barrier is set up because of that, isn't it? I think. That was a good barrier. Mm. I think that's a clever little sort of, well, you could just run away. You could just run away. But you could just run around the outside of the barrier or the inside of the barrier. Yeah. Put down with a bear I think, trap. Yeah, before, it seems to do a good trick. That's yes. a bear trap. Yeah. yeah. I think before Scarman loses his, his mind and shoots you with an elephant. There is that you know, bit of it, yes. Yeah. Know, there's probably only so. And yeah. we don't know how big the barrier is. Like, from where the house is, how much of a barrier is there? That's a good point, yeah. Another thing that got me about this one is the ease at which the Doctor controlled the TARDIS. Mm. Let's go to 1980. Mm. Open the door, 1980. Mm. The last time I saw the new Doctor Who, it was like David Tennant running round, pulling levers and looking confused. Yeah, with his feet. With his hammer. Hitting it with a hammer. Yes, hitting it with a hammer. And it shouldn't be like that. I think by that point, the TARDIS has been through a lot. Yeah, Um, but still. So has my car, but I can still drive it. 
Yeah, but you gotta kill some like mice in that. <laughs> it's a fight for the yeah. steering yeah. wheel every time. Yeah. There are mice in it, but um, you know you can still. It's an old, but you just still know what you're doing. You don't have to I, run round the thing. I must be devil's advocate. I, I think things like this in Doctor Who, they don't really care. Okay, they don't do they? It's like sometimes after, no, sometimes I, it it, it's, it's very inconsistent. Really. It's the TARDIS is probably the <clears throat> most inconsistent thing that's in Doctor Who. Yeah. Right. Sometimes he's got the full control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he's got full control, can yeah. do whatever he wants, hasn't got a clue what he's doing really. It's just no idea to... Yeah. It just does what it wants. Yeah, yeah that's okay. the new thing, isn't it? Mm. Does what it wants. But I prefer it this way, where it's just the thing that they get from A to B in. Yeah. It doesn't have a particularly... Well, essentially, it solves the story, but it, yeah, it, it it allows you to set up the story as well. Because mm. if if the TARDIS does what it wants, then it can say, "Okay, it landed us here, and look what's happening." And it's nice not only to have returning characters um, every week, but also mm. a place to call home, a mm. cardinal. Yeah, I think that it's, it is the only way with sort of space sci-fi is you have to have a ship. Yeah, it's always a ship. Or, yes. back to, isn't it? if it's something like Stargate, well, the other end of that Stargate yes. is. Is what happens. Not that I'm, I, I don't particularly like Stargate, no. but I'm trying to think no. of an What's example Stargate? of the big polo mint that they all walk through with the, yeah. the bloke with the squiggle on his head. Oh, Stargate's great. I've seen it. The, the, the film, but don't bother the series, the film is fantastic. Again, we're back in Egypt. It's worth watching. It's very good. What's there all this go. fuss about Egypt now? Yeah. Egypt's been fascinating for years, wasn't yeah. it? We should yeah. all go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just before we move on. As you've drawn a parallel with Stargate, in this one, Tom Baker and his delight in everything that's going on reminded me of, do you know Q in Star Trek from the Q continuum? Not particularly. I've never just, seen it. Never seen it. It was just like that, Star Trek Next Generation, just like that. Someone who's got total control over time and is a bit mischievous with it mm. and takes a great delight in everything. It was just like that. It's just played so well. It's, yeah. you know, if you were going to write Doctor Who, you could probably just write it like this. Yes. But, you know. Yeah. He's just so at ease with everything that he's, he's doing. Yes. Uh, well, Tom Baker has always said that he was never playing a character. He was just reading the lines and just being <laughs> him. But actors oh, tend to say indeed. either yeah. that or I had to channel it through the ether. Yeah. And, you know, there are either people who are just playing extensions of themselves. Ooh. Like um, <clears throat> John Wayne was always John Wayne. Clint Eastwood yeah, was always Clint Eastwood. It's, it's, yeah. it's great for their career outside of acting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You are that character. Yeah. You love that character. You love me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had so much fun. It's obvious as well. It's, it's, you know, he's having so time. much fun yeah. doing it. There's some episodes where you can see, especially when Sarah Jane leaves and then oh. Leela is introduced yeah. he's having a horrible time because he can't stand her really and it comes across but no. then after a couple of stories he's fine right like, okay. he's okay with that though yeah. does Sarah Jane wear the same dress in every no, no. this is the only time she wears this really? Victorian because she could fall over in forests and get its snags on branches it's just absolutely spotless the TARDIS has a a, 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 you know, an endless supply of Daz, apparently. Oh, it's excellent, pink. isn't it? Yes. What's the, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the stain removal. Vanish. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Scott's got his own room. <laughs> Hi! Oh. Oh. You right, Barry? He doesn't exist, you know. Hey, eh? Barry Scott. Is it a character? Yeah. He's nobody. 
Isn't that just, isn't that depressing? Yeah. Nine. I, oh. Nine. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Back to Hitler I, again. I knew. Um, I knew a fun fact about him. Oh what? I can't remember. Oh. Was, was it that? something like he was? He got the role, but it was something, supposed to be someone else. Or whoa. I, it's pointless saying. I I don't know. Is an interesting man though. Is Barry? Is he? Yeah. Well, maybe that's, that needs an episode <laughs> yeah. to itself. Perhaps <laughs> three. Episode three. Sorry. Uh, one of the one of the robots attacks the jamming device and it is disabled by right, the now, blast. The jamming device. Yes. That's not the thing that the professor made. Like a yes, it is. He, well, it's made from bits of that, isn't it? Like forty years too early. Is Marconiscope? The Marconiscope. Yeah. Interesting to name know. it after the person. Mm. Well, no. Well. Was was it a Marconiscope? Oh, I don't know. Have a look. Oh. You got to. <clears throat> a cuddly toy. I didn't think it looked very good anyway. Looked like a McDonald's straw and yeah, it was, yeah. Clothes horse. Who is it now? What am I looking for? Marconi scope. Marconi scope. A Marconi scope. Marconi scope. Carmen heated rollers. I don't think it's a real thing. Hmm. It just sounds like it might be a real thing. No, like a Zoe scope or Zoe trope or whatever. What mass spectrometer. A mass spectrometer. That's just a made-up word. I'm it's sure that yeah, don't yeah, exist. No. So it's a fan. That's Bulbs. from Tardis Wiki, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it doesn't know. exist. I don't think it's a part three. How did that stop then? All the stuff to do with it <gasps> is like bad stuff, Dale. No. Would you like? Well, shall I demonstrate yeah. for the listener? Finger. Foot. Wow. What? I'm not doing it again. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay. You can listen tomorrow. Uh, part three. One of the robots attacks the jamming device and is disabled by the blast. Sarah is threatened by a robot, but the doctor tells Sarah to grab the ring and orders the robots to return to control. Mm. Surveying the ruined equipment... Equi- Survey... What do you think of it so far? Surveying the ruined equipment... <laughs> The Doctor decides that the only thing that he can do now is blow up the partially assembled rocket in the stable courtyard. Not the unstable courtyard, the stable courtyard of the Priory. Lawrence suggests using blasting gelignite. The Doctor and Sarah go to find the explosives and tell Lawrence to unwrap the mummy robot. The Doctor finds the energy barrier and with Sarah's help deactivates the generator loop in order to get through taking a piece of it with him to prevent it from being reactivated. There's a lovely bit of dialogue there as well between those two, where uh, he's having a go at her. You know, uh, what does he say? Lovely bit of dialogue where the doctor says, "You're just gonna, are you just going to stand there? You know, when he's mm-hmm. he's undoing the little uh, yeah, the, urn. The urn. The urn. The it, it really angrily says, are you just going to stand there? Yeah. And she looks at it, looks down at what he's doing and says, your shoes need repairing. Yeah. But... It's played um, so well. well. But see that I think that's the kind of comedy, quote unquote, yeah. that New Who doesn't do. Like that line isn't funny, but you could see that it'd be written it's written as a sort of light relief. Yes. A way to cope with him being miserable and her yeah. to just sort of brush it off. It let lets the character no, the actors be who they think the character should be as well. Yeah. If it, when you yeah. read down the script, it's like, oh. It's, Your it's shoes need repairing. Is this right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, 
Well, I think they were on the nose, isn't it, quite a lot? Uh, the deactivation, the the the, the, the deactivation <laughs> is detected by Sutek, who orders Marcus Scarman to investigate. The Doctor and Sarah find the gel ignite, and they're so good in this bit as well, where she throws she it throws it down. Yes. Yeah, and he, you know, what, Swe- sweaty gel ignite. Yeah. And when he's looking mm. in the, um, mm. they're looking through the things, and she opens the door, and he says, "Careful, there could be a ferret in there." Mm-hmm. And she s- slams the door. It's great. They're just so great. They're great. They're very good. Are they great? They're great. Yeah. Uh, Marcus finds Lawrence in the hunting lodge. I'll try that again. Marcus finds Lawrence in the hunting Lawrence. lodge. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence tries to make Marcus remember his childhood in order to revive his humanity, but fails. And Marcus tortures Lawrence in order to find out more about the Doctor. The Doctor and Sarah hide the gel ignite near the rocket before returning to the lodge. There, they find Lawrence in the rocking chair, strangled. Uh, strangled. I can't find the word strangled anymore on my notes. Bear with. They find him strangled, and a robot stripped of its bindings. The Doctor asks Sarah to disguise him in the bindings in order for him to place the gel ignite on the rocket without being deactivated. Uh, be, be, without being detected, sorry. And it is Tom Baker that is in The Mummy. Is it? And it is. Wow. And he was not happy about it. Whoa. Uh, he accepts... He, <laughs> he successfully does so, but then Scarman orders him to take uh, a place a key component inside the missile, and he doesn't do it immediately, making Scarman suspicious. Oh. Boo! Boo. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I can't turn the page. Neither there. After Scarman leaves, Sarah shoots the gel ignite with Ernie's hunting rifle. Mm. However, they see the explosion stop and then reverse. The Doctor realises that Sutek is holding back the detonation using mental power alone, and the only way to destroy the missile is to travel to Sutek's prison using the space-time disco tunnel and distract him. The Doctor enters Sutek's chamber and calls (laughs) out... Did he use his ring? Nearly. Uh, And uh, enters his... Enters Sutek's chamber and calls out his name. <clears throat> Disrupting Sutek's concentration on Earth, the explosion consumes the rocket. Yeah. Angered, Sutek paralyzes the Doctor with a blast of mental force. Oh, oh that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Brilliant. The worst part about this episode was the explosion. It wasn't a very good effect. No. It's a model, isn't it? Even if I was nine years old, I would have thought. Oh. Seen better on Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds is the the home the of pinnacle explosions. Yeah. of explosions, yes. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super Marionation. Yeah, those explosions are fantastic. This wasn't a very good one. Stand by for. That's yeah. <laughs> very good. Thank you. Yeah, I, the, the explosion wasn't good. No. But the rest of the episode was fantastic. Yeah. Again. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. Was, this fandom have a bit of an issue. With huh? Sarah Jane with the hunting rifle. Why? Why? How would she be able to use it? It's but a gun. It's a rifle. That's what I've always thought. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. You know, it, it it's a rifle. She'd aim it. That's why I never um, sorry. You know, go on. It's oh. a, I never believe when someone says Do you know when in a movie someone would give someone a gun and they wouldn't even know how to hold it? Yeah. Is that real? Well, they're always more heavy than you think they're going to be, don't yeah, they? Yeah, guns are very, very heavy. They are, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 
Linger. <laughs> is this? I hate to say this. Is this fandom being a bit sexist? <laughs> are you trying to suggest that there is a portion of fandom that are not happy with male, strong female characters well, no, let's and actresses? Say that if a male character had the gun, who'd mm. never fired a gun before, but he fired the gun, would anyone say anything? Mm. Probably not. No. Well, there we go. We can shift the blame to them now. Let's shift the blame to them. Sexist pigs. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. Maybe they had just preconceived ideas. Because she was wearing a dress and got a peachy complexion. And we thought he's a good year woman. Yeah. I, w- I will say she she looks rather fetching in her... She does look rather fetching. fetching. She's, yes. you know, yes. she's a very attractive companion. Yes. Mm. Was that it? Part four. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Oh, oh, oh sure, Scott, <laughs> don't it? It's a better way of saying that, then. Um, four. Have we got a collective four? I will say, this is a great turning point of the story, where the Doctor arrives in Sutex. We well, this is the last, like, five yes, minutes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. When we get it in the yeah. end episode early. Yeah. Well, go, go on. Sorry, because if, if, I, if I leave this out, I'll forget. Yes. It's a tea time... On a Saturday, you're sitting yes. there watching this thing, mm. and Sarah Jane comes in and right. nudges the man, and he falls off his chair dead. He's just been strangled <laughs> by a robot <laughs> to death. Saturday afternoon <laughs> tea time. It wouldn't happen these days. Do you want trifle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just died. We just nothing, nothing at all. We don't get anything like that these days. No, apparently after nine o'clock, this post watershed basically aimed at children. Yes, yeah, robots strangling people. On Saturday afternoon. Snuffed it. You wouldn't get it these days. Sarah with a gun. Exactly. Yeah. A big elephant rifle. Yes. <laughs> elephant <laughs> rifle. Yeah, you wouldn't Bullets get it. as big as your head. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't get it these days. It was proper. They don't strangle, do they? It's more like a... Yeah, it's more like a... a mitten stick, <laughs> stick your balls on somebody yeah. and then they die. How are your shoulders? I yeah. will say, though, when the doctor arrives... In Sutex oh. chamber, yeah, <laughs> minus his ring. Yes, it's a great. This is probably one of the very few times where the villain is so so much more powerful than the Doctor. Yes, like yeah, because you always know, and you you know you know that it's going to be fine by the end of the story, and he's going to be um, yeah. You know. But, well, but what, what did he say? Like, oh no, I won't kill you just yet. He actually right. calls him puny. Yes. He yeah. uses the word puny. You know you're a supervillain if you can call people puny. <laughs> ant. What's well, yeah. it, it does call him an mm. ant as well, yeah. doesn't he, I think? Mm. You know, you're a termite. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It, it's just great. It is. You know, it's a proper scary villain with a brilliant voice. Yeah, he's got a great voice. Mm. Yeah. Great voice. Mm. Nice hands as well. <laughs> yeah. Lovely hands. More on the hands uh. in part four. Oh. The Tower. No. <laughs> Pat Four. Sutek decides not to kill the Doctor and instead interrogates him, oh. discovering that he is a Time Lord. Mm. He then finds the TARDIS and decides that he's going to use it to transport Scam into the Pyramid of Mars in order to deactivate the Eye of Horus. That's <laughs> force. <laughs> the force that is trapping him. The Doctor avoids being killed by claiming that the TARDIS controls only respond to him. Mm. He then orders Scarman to bring the robot and Sarah to the TARDIS to travel to the Pyramid of Mars. 
Tom Baker is unbearably sweaty at this point. Did anybody else notice I this? I didn't notice this. No, no. it's that scarf. Well, <clears throat> there's. He liked to. He liked to drink. Seriously, you say this every time. I thought. I think he's, he's, he looked ill. But there's like a, he had the flu. There's a lot of scenes in Doctor Who or specific episodes where they're all filmed in one day. Yeah, and he is <clears> visibly. <throat> he didn't. Visibly, yeah. Seriously, yeah. You know. <laughs> on the pop. No, he's not. On the pop. He's on playing the pop. himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seriously. In the from the club. Really? You know, yeah. You know, oh. like toast. You know where he, yes. goes, he goes to the club. Yeah. It's very. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <sighs> sorry. Uh, uh, on Mars, Sutek orders Scarman to kill the Doctor, and the robot strangles him. Scarman and the robot then find their way out of the first chamber beneath the pyramid. The doctor then wakes up, revealing that his respiratory bypass system allowed him to avoid death, and he and Sarah set off in search of Scarman. The Eye of Horus is located at the end of a corridor. A corridor in the sewer uh, beneath the pyramid. The corridor is divided into a series of chambers and progress through the chambers is dependent on solving unbearably simple problems. Sutek navigates Scarman and the robot through each problem with no problem. <laughs> Sorry. Problem, problem, problem. <laughs> no problem. But the Doctor and Sarah are slower. Uh, I love the quick turn they do when they get to the final puzzle and the Doctor and Sarah walk in and turn around instantly when the, the mummy's yep. looming. It's great. At the last puzzle, a transparent cylinder materialises around Sarah. Oh, this is like Father Jack and Father Ted. He <laughs> 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 sitting there saying, feck, arse, and they couldn't hear him. Anyway, go on. Uh, materialises around Sarah. The voice of Horus tells the Doctor that the chamber has two gaffer-taped switches on it. One means instant freedom, the other instant... Altogether now, instant De death. 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 <laughs> Mr Jones. <laughs> and that he is allowed to ask one question of the Guardian of Horus. The Guardians materialise at the same time as the Crucible and the mummy robots swathed in gold bindings... Or some sprayed Ooh. gaffer tape. Ooh. One robot always tells the truth and the other always lies. Mm. But which is which? I've seen this before. So have I. The labyrinth. <clears throat> Can't remember where. It's a, a very famous riddle, isn't it? It, it is. Sort of, is it? If you're at the gates, if there's two doors uh, and, you know, heaven's behind one and hell's behind the other, and there's, you know. Yeah. Someone tells a lie, someone doesn't. I'm still, uh, yeah. Anyway. Carry on. Uh, since the Guardians are contra-programmed so that one will always give a false answer, the Doctor asks one Guardian if he were to ask the other Guardian the question, which switch would he indicate? The Doctor re reasons that if the Guardians he asks tell the truth, then it must indicate the death switch. If it's the liar, then it would still indicate the death switch. The Doctor presses the other switch and the Chamber and Guardians disappear, freeing Sarah. They explained it nicely as well. I remember the first time I ever heard that problem. Mm -hmm. It made no sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's sort of... But the way that they explain yes. it, it yeah. is very... It's easy to understand. Mm. I think people overcomplicate... Complicate. Complicate, yeah. Uh, riddles. Yeah, you're right. Like Nick Kershaw. Yeah. 
Scarman and the robot reach the chamber containing the Eye of Horus. Another guardian of Horus appears and does battle with Sutek's robot. Sutek realises that he is moments away from freedom and channels all his power through Scarman in order to destroy the Eye of Horus. Scarman momentarily transforms into the jackal creature Sarah saw earlier in the TARDIS and destroys the eye. Having fulfilled the purpose, Scarman is freed from Sutek's control and and revels in his freedom (laughs) before falling to the floor dead dead this time. Proper proper dead. dead. Ash. Ash. He is. He is ashen. Arriving too late, the Doctor looks back and sees the bulkhead doors open one by one, revealing the TARDIS at the end of the corridor. He realises that the same factor... No, sorry. He realises that the time factor can still save them. Back in the Priory, taking a piece of the TARDIS console, he runs into the main room of the Priory and attaches the device to the space-time tunnel. Sutek appears in the tunnel, travelling towards the exit, oh but he cannot seem to reach it. He pleads with the Doctor to release him, offering him to offering to spare Earth. Should I say Earth in a less sort of Welsh way? How do you say Earth in a less sort of... I don't Earth. know, you can't. Earth. 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 Uh, offering to spare Earth as a plaything for the Doctor. But the Doctor simply turns the dial and Sutek screams and... The Doctor declares that Sutek has lived for about 7,000 years and then explains that the the time control from the TARDIS shifted the mouth of the space-time tunnel into the far future, which Sutek could never hope to reach. They had two minutes to return to Earth from Mars and set the trap because this amount of time is the time it takes for the radio waves to propagate between the two planets. Mm. You reckon? Yeah. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. As the Doctor and Sarah pack up and prepare to leave, the thermal imbalance of the time tunnel causes it to catch fire. Just can say that. The Doctor, exactly, remembers that the unit headquarters were built on the remains of a burnt priory and that the, uh, the two decide to leave. Not wanting to be blamed for starting a fire, they re-enter the TARDIS and dematerialise outside Mick Jagger's place. Mick Jagger's gaff is consumed by the flames. It looks good, though. The pyramids of Mars. Yeah. When the flames were in the house. (laughs) That that was a good... It was. That was a very good effect, that. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Did anybody notice when uh, Sutek stands up, the stage hand holding the cushion underneath no, Sutek's no. posterior Seriously. by Sutek's ring? No. Yeah. There's a hand. <clears throat> there's not. Very visible as well. Oh, I didn't see that at all. Are you going to find or not find? Part four. I thought part four was great. Cuddly toy. It was, uh, yeah, that was a very, very good episode. Sutek the, the Destroyer. The whole fourth. Cuddly <laughs> <laughs> Toy, uh, uh, Sutek the Destroyer. The um, Eye of Horus. <laughs> a mummy. Um, <clears throat> King Tut. Anyway, I thought it was all fantastic. All four episodes were great. Brilliant. Just and great. even though, yeah, there's a lot of polystyrene, it didn't matter. Episode four is probably the weakest, I'd say. It's the final one. But oh, I say episode three. Episode three is the weakest mm. for you. Three was a bit slow. Mm. It is the midway point, yeah. isn't it? Where you sort of you can't start wrapping everything up because no. you've got another, you know, you've got a bit of time mm. to kill. But on the whole, I think it's excellent, and it, I think the music's great as well. I was just going to say this: the music was so good you didn't notice it. Yeah, 
you had to work hard to figure out what was... Well, there was so much going on on the screen, but the music was backing it up. It's not like the music got in the way. It's it's a perfect mix as well. There's some bits outside with the, the mummies when they're chasing everybody. Yes. And the little motif that he writes goes up if, mm-hmm. they're, if they're getting closer oh. and down if they're further nice. away. Yeah. No, it's, it was, you know, it's just... It's it was, right into picture. It was a it's, nice balance. You know, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's great. Yeah. It's great. I, I can't fault it apart from the huge amounts of polystyrene and the carry-on screaming and the demon headmaster and Father Jack in his inflatable bubble. I can't fault that. It was it was good. Yes. Even, even I watched it. Yeah. And I will normally just flick straight through everything. But I didn't flick straight through everything. Is Sutak the devil in the Satan pit? No, but I know, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Can I, can I assume so? Sutek is the S- devil in. Uh, there's a Doctor Who story. Oh right, with a okay. big devil in a pit. Right, and technically, I suppose technically yes, but I think you sort of have to think of well, it in the same way. Well, that's not the devil; it's a shell. Yeah, I suppose you think of it in the same way as there's more than one god, depending on who. Oh, I suppose. Yes, you know, there's more than one devil. I think that's the way to get out of it if you sort of don't want to write yourself into a hole. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, yeah. Well, Sutek was a lord of uh, chaos and deserts and violence and disorder and foreigners. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, blimey. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to go? Should we use our rating system? Anybody got anything else to say about this one? I can't think of things to say. I can't think of anything else to say. I think we've said everything. The- he was a excellent four-parter. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's just great. With rubbish. The who? The portal. The disco corridor? Yeah. That was, yeah, but you've got to look at the time, I suppose, and what else could they have used? Well, yeah, they could use an actual corridor, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, oh, I can't remember the episode. Uh, it's one where there's a... I think they go into a planet to harvest something. This Doctor Who episode. Mm. And they can just teleport there by going through this massive like window in the room. And then they're on the planet straight away, and it's a jungly planet. Sounds like Stargate. Oh, I know what you're on about. And it's, I think there's something trapped in like a little uh, box or something. I can't really remember. Yeah, it's season seventeen. It is the Nightmare of Eden. Yes, mm. that's the one. With the wow. Thank yeah. you. Um, Thank you, everybody. Good so, grief. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that impressive? Probably yeah. more sad than no. Me. I think it's impressive. Oh. So in that one. Instead of using green screen or blue screen or whatever they would have used, yeah. they just have the room yeah. there, but they put a frame around it so it looks like Ooh. they're going through a. It's uh, clever because they make it look like green screen, yeah. But in reality, it's a frame with a built-up bit of the set behind it that's a jungle. You cool. really expect but, it to be a green screen, but they right. step into it. But like, every wow, now and again, weird. Every now and again, they do use. There's one set that's real, mm. but all the others are blue screen. So it's all little planets that are stuck inside this like projector. Oh, weird. So they use the projector for most of it, right? But then the one that they go into mm-hmm. is real, real but okay. it makes you think it's going to be right. You think it's going to cut as soon as they hit the Good you know, just about to go mm. in. But yeah, I think it's really well directed. This story as well. I will say that it kept going, didn't it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it it doesn't feel sloppy, other than you know the hand holding the cushion at the which end, I, which I didn't see. No. no, I didn't see. And if things like the TARDIS key, 
when they're mm-hmm. moving the yes. TARDIS key, you don't see the, yeah. you can't see the string. Yeah. It looks as if there are strings there, though. But it, it, does, it doesn't like matter, you know. especially when it's coming down into his hand. Yeah, that's obviously on a piece of string. But yeah, who cares? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's done really well. Yeah, yeah. very well directed. But yeah, so uh, uh, ratings. We're going to go red, amber, green. And you can award a gold star if you wish. We have we have a few to... So green's good. Green is good. Green with a gold star, even better. It's got to be green with a gold star. Green. Just green. Green. <laughs> Just green. Just green for me. Thank you. I'd, I'd probably... Mm. I'd be wary to use my another gold star. Because I think... Three. I've awarded two already. Ooh, what, two? One left. I think I'm just going to have to go green, <laughs> but I may be able to award that gold award retrospectively. That gold. Right. Okay. <laughs> reward that gold no, retrospectively. Um, but as oh. ever, should we do some feedback on this one first? Mm, okay. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what we think. Uh, <laughs> Send us your feedback. Send us your feedback. Send us your feedback. We've got a bit of feedback. I think we'll take it in turns. I'll pass the sheet around. Uh, I will say that one we're not going to read just yet, viewers, because that's about uh, the other story. Uh, And I think uh, all the others are very safe. Tends to be a theme that we get a lot of feedback for old who rather than the new ones. Right. We've got new ones this time. Yeah. I'll read the first one and then we shall pass it round. Okay. First up is Christopher Page from the Time Shifters and Orphaned Entertainments podcasts in Ohio. Wee. Ohio. Oh. <laughs> uh, ah, simply one of the best of the era. Quintessential Fourth Doctor and Sarah. Are the robots a bit silly looking? Yes, but the story is good enough to allow you to ignore it. Mm. The thing that truly sells this story is Baker and Sladen. They obviously become true friends and it shows through in their interactions on camera. Fantastic supporting cast and the TARDIS key on a string and Sutex seat cushion aside, some fantastic visuals and effects. He's just managed to say in two sentences what we took an hour to do. An hour and 30 minutes. Yes, yeah. Uh, Next up... Which one am I doing? Second one down. Second one down from Mark Cockrum. All of Time and Space and Nerdology UK podcasts, Exeter. Pyramids of Mars is quintessential 70s Doctor Who. It has all the ingredients to make a classic serial. A manor house being invaded by robotic mummies, an evil god with a voice to rival Tom Baker's, and Sarah Jane Smith at her very best. Did you manage to solve the riddle? What riddle? Well, you know, the... the, uh, The riddle... The riddle. What do you call them? The thing. Which door would you go through if you were yeah. given the choice? Oh. No? There were th- three or four like of the them. button one more. What button did you press? Remember? That was that exactly. is the riddle. Oh, 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 as in the final the yeah. door yeah. picture. And he presses it and nothing happens. Well, he doesn't press in. He just sort of puts his hand on yeah. it. There you go. Thanks for that, Mark. <laughs> Mark. Win the other. 
It's a kite. So, um... That one. That one. That yeah. one. That one. This one's from Ross Aiken. Gallifrey's Most Wanted and Stop Let's Team Up Podcasts from the US of A. I love them both. Pyramids is one of the comfort stories. Sarah is and will always be my companion. I think it shows all the good aspects of its era. Mm. Is that it? I think so. Oh. Bang on. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Next up, uh, Jacob Lumley from Twitter. Pyramids is bang average. <gasps> Three good episodes, followed by one of the dullest, cheap-in-looking episodes ever. <laughs> and that ending, where the Doctor has two minutes to race to the TARDIS, set the coordinates, and still has time to disconnect a handy part of the ship which will solve the day, is the sort of ending that fans at the time criticised Russell T. Davis for, with that deathly deus ex machina phrase, a magic wand plucked from nowhere to solve the story. <laughs> I agree. <It's> <laughs> Well, shot. thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. And, yep, Philip Edney, Sirens of Audio podcast from Sydney, Australia. In, it's Sydney and Kent. No, it's not Sydney and Kent. <laughs> Bogner. In Pyramids, the Doctor is accused of not carrying or being human up to death. Oh, sorry, start that again. <laughs> I can't see. I'm terribly sorry, Philip. In Pyramids, the Doctor is accused of not caring or being human at the death around him, but every action shows deep concern, a willingness to be tortured to save others and a desperation to save the world. In contrast, the Doctor in Eve has no regard for the trillions who have just died, the three species she has just committed genocide on, which is the cause of this whole situation, or her companions who she insults or sends to their death to buy her time. One story has a true doctor, the other has a person who I don't recognise. Wow. Cool. Well, on that note... (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Would you like to do your segment of quiz now? Another quiz. Two right, there's another quiz. Let me play the the, uh, connecting theme. Uh Well then. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> a cuddly toy. Oh, do you want that one? I can get you that one. A cuddly toy. Sutex cushion. I see your Sutex cushion. <laughs> and I raise you. Um, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, the hunting lodge rifle. Ooh. I see your hunting lodge rifle, and I raise you a TARDIS key on a string. I see your TARDIS key on a string, and I raise you the disco corridor of death. <gasps> I see your disco corridor of death, and I raise you the eye of Horus. I see your... Sorry. I see your eye of Horus, and I raise you a priest hole. (laughs) I see your priest hole, and I raise you my ring. (laughs) (laughs) 
I see your room. Have you seen any of the, um, the the latest series of Doctor Who? I've never seen one all the way through. Um, <clears throat> I've seen because I can't. Oh, as as in Jodie's run, I should say. Oh no! All oh, right, okay. Not at all. I've seen well, bits of David Tennant. I'm sorry. I've seen bits of. Uh, Did you have consent, Mr. E- <laughs> Mr. Eccleston, mm-hmm. who's good? I've seen bits of everybody apart from who was before this one. Peter Capaldi. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he marvellous? He's great in that music video. Um, so I haven't seen the whole one, no. We watched Paddington last night. Oh, is he good? Isn't he he's in that? that, yeah. As the uh, the Cockney neighbour. I watched World War Z last night. Did you? He's in Ooh. that. <laughs> he is? He's not. Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. Isn't he in... What's the latest Marvel one he's in? Oh, yeah, sure he's, he's got, in he's a got Marvel like, thing. Um, he's got spiky hair, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got spark plugs sticking out of yeah. his head, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Go on, Luke. Which one's that? Mm. He's the villain, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. The big bad. He's better than that, that Lewis. The big bad? Gosh. That Lewis Capaldi video is fantastic in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Put it on mute and watch the video. <laughs> yes. Three things to do. Right. I'm, this is annoying me. He plays the villain in something, doesn't he? I think it's Suicide Squad. It might very well I be Suicide Squad. It's the, yes. the Suicide Squad, yeah. that's what it was. It is. <clears throat> very good. Yeah. Yeah. There we are then. It's like we're waiting for the... We need to... So who's your favourite Doctor of the new Doctors? Oh. Uh, probably Capaldi. But yeah. his stories are awful. I, I haven't taken any notes of his stories. He, he does. He looks like a, a proper doctor, doesn't he? he yeah, he yeah. just looks like Pertwee. Yes. Play, he just plays it like that. Yeah, really. he just, yeah, you're right. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a shame. All of his stories are yeah. all the majority aren't very good, yeah. and they've got um, Matt Lucas in them. Uh, of course, um, unfortunately. Um, but, Oh well, not David Tennant then. Oh, I can't bear him. Seriously? Oh yeah, he's yeah. why? I, I just can't stand him. But he's such a good actor. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's just uh, it's his sort of strange accent that he plays it with. Yeah, and but, the sort of uh, the constant sort of oh, yeah, gawping again, and yeah. But again, he's got that delight in everything that's going on. He does. I think. It's the same thing with Tom Baker, really. The longer they stay, the worse they get. Right. Okay. So I think I think even David Tennant hit that sort of point where after that he's just not reining it in, but he he just sort of starts to play it mm. as if he can do no wrong. Right. Okay. And I think yeah. 
probably. How long can they keep going with the regenerations? Because I thought there was a limit. There was a limit, but that's sort of, that's out of the window now. Why? How? They just ignore it. Just out of the window. Well, they're not that they ignore it. They just sort of, there's always a way out. Right. And now it's sort of, either they've been gifted unlimited Uh, because of their services. Okay. Or it turns out that the Doctor is now the, the number one the first incarnation of all. Seriously? Yes. They just keep going back. Well, it, it's it'll, she's <sighs> the you know. Oh. She is what the Time Lords were all made from. That's cheating. So, you know. Okay. So they couldn't bring back David Tennant, or uh, he has been back. Christopher Eccleston. He's come back for uh, Christopher Eccleston. There is no hope. He will Why? never. Uh, it, I think it's a, a variety of reasons. Right. Number one, probably he didn't get on with Russell. Right. And when he said that he was going to leave, yeah. Russell put this, or well, Russell and the production crew put out a statement saying that he's tired all the time and he, you know, he doesn't want a thing, and he hit the roof. Really? Because he said he oh, wouldn't get that. any work because everybody oh. would say, "Well, don't get it," because ah, he's always tired. Okay. Right. And then all of the stuff has come out since about John Barrowman being a bit... Yeah. And Noel Clark being very... Uh, um, and apparently course. they all knew. Oh. Everybody knew and nothing was done about it, okay. really. Right. But John Barrowman was sort of told off. Yeah. And that was it, really. So I, th- I imagine that's got a big... Just told off. Yeah. Reprimanded. Wow. Severely. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know. So... No, I didn't write down the idea. I sent them to you on audio, didn't I? I don't know. Well, idea of what now? I misread your message last night. Basically, you said, do one of your ideas for the quiz. Yes. I thought you meant <clears throat> talking points. No. The quiz ideas you sent. That was... It, I'm pretty sure it was. It was like not last week, the week before, just was before it? Christmas. Was it? Yeah. Should we just skip that and move on? Yeah. No doubt, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's nothing to do with me now, anyway. <laughs> oh. Well, there we it, are. You learn something new every day. I remember it was something like we pretend. It was like, would I lie to you? Would I lie to who? Would, would uh, I, it's already been done by a podcast. That, but we'll is, it? That. is it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's Matt from Neither the Time or Space. Oh, is it? the after show. Mm. Our collective. Can you remember what it was? No idea. Forget about it. Was it famous songs with Who in a title? Uh, uh, that's a good idea. You said some of celebrities before. Uh, yes. Who are you? I can't remember. He was like uh, views on celebrities or something. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I apologise. I, I, I wasn't. I didn't I know what apologize. to expect anyway. Don't, don't apologise to me. I misread. Now. That's long. What was that? Just me. Right, doing right. that. Yeah. So Christopher Eccleston won't be back. Never. No one will be back. I think the crew liked fiddling, didn't they? Hmm? They all liked... Uh, yeah, there was that much sort of dodgy stuff that was going you on. You didn't though. know who was where when. Well, do what? Oh, they were. So, uh, yeah, there's there's very... So it's true that John Barrowman got oh, his... Oh, yeah, yeah. Got his... Little John. Out. Yes. Oh. 
and but he had no, no clock doing nefarious the, things, yeah. perhaps. John Barrowman is all in the name of fun. He was just trying to lighten the mood. Seriously. Oh, it was years ago anyway, so it doesn't... It's fine. He was on Lorraine the other day, a couple really? of weeks ago. He just wants to set the record straight because he it was just all in the name of fun. He's got his new chat show, learning how to sing with everybody. Let's just move on. So why didn't he do it on Lorraine then, if it's just fun? He could have... Well, exactly. Whopped it out. He got told off for doing it on Radio 1 as well, to the presenters. Seriously? Yeah. And he just got told off. He was on Radio 1? He was. He's a bit old, isn't he? Yeah, so... But it's a while ago now. He said that, didn't he? He's ages ago, isn't he? Well... Maybe it's in in his contract. He has to allow him to get it out. Man. Man. (laughs) Yeah. Well... Speaking of getting things out, he's the Daleks. Eve of the Daleks. Eve of the Daleks. Who is not a character, apparently. No, Eve no. Yes. of the Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> ruined, tribe. Ruined all my expectations as well. <laughs> Hello, Eve of yes. the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> the Daleks has got Eve on the front. <laughs> yeah, the that's Eve of the Daleks. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> She's a good egg. Yeah. Mm. Nifty with a plunger. Yeah. Where were the plungers? Terrible shot. Gone. Gone. Uh, talking about plungers and Christopher Eccleston, have you seen him on YouTube, Bleeding Radiators? No. Oh, you've got to see that. It's phenomenal. Bleeding Radiators. Just put Christopher Eccleston, Bleeding Radiators, YouTube. It is tremendous. Before we go any further. <laughs> no, no, you rush off after this podcast and have a look at it, because he might not be happy as Doctor Who, but if he ever makes it as a plumber, it'll be great. Radiator bleeding. Yeah. It is... He's just unbelievable. The best of the bunch had to be radiator bleeding with Christopher Eccleston on Channel 5. Today, I've come to meet the world's oldest radiator, which dates back to 1834. Can I introduce you to this? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's lovely. So, this is the oldest radiator in the world. Yes, it was built in 1834 by John Hawley Palmer. His heating system enabled him to cultivate grapes indoors, despite the frosty British... His face! How often has it been bled? It has never been bled before. Now she tells me. No pressure, then. Don't let me down. (laughs) A radiator of this age is unpredictable. But I soon get stuck in. Can you hear it? I can. It's the music. It is. It's like Wagner. <laughs> now, you see, the, the 1834 model makes that distinctive sound. Absolutely. You will not get that from the 1836 or the 1837. That's gorgeous. Oh. Oh, it's rising, isn't it? Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes later, and the radiator is fully bled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let it happen. Oh. Oh Christ! Oh, oh, it's like a baptism. Incredible experience. I can taste years. <laughs> well, you know, I've bled thousands of radiators. But that was something else. When human beings bleed, they die. But when radiators bleed, they live. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. It's marvellous. He's a great actor. Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. I don't think he's in enough. 
I know he's been in tons of stuff, but he's, he's probably doing a lot of theatre work, isn't he? Mm. Trading the boards, yeah, playing gritty characters. Mm. Well, speaking of gritty characters, yes, <laughs> Eve of the Daleks. Of the Daleks. Are we is there a synopsis? Did we like it? Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry. Did we like it? I liked it. No, you didn't. I did. Hmm. Really. I watched it all without fast-forwarding it. Oh, that mean Twice. Like, that must mean you like my story better than Pyramid. <laughs> Does it? It was just more watchable. It was more watchable. Okay. I preferred Pyramid because okay. there was more happening. Mm. And there were more robots. And there was more... The more pardon? <laughs> There's more... <laughs> like a bit of... In my stories, <laughs> there was more happening in pyramids. There were more cliffhangers. There was more ring about. Mm. There was more death and horror. I get you. There was a lot of death in this one. It was the same characters, but it was just it was a nice easy watch. It wasn't the best, but it was an easy watch. Mm. And there was a lot wrong with it, but I was able to watch the whole thing. I watched it twice. It's nice to see characters you don't like die over and over. Again. <laughs> and, give they, it and, they, and they died over and over again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It was a bit of a cheap trick, though, wasn't it? Time loops. It works so many times, and then after that, it sort of becomes a bit sort of... Yeah. Cheap so really, why, why, didn't, why didn't you like it? Well, give, give us a synopsis. Why not? What about you? Um, I didn't particularly like it. No. I probably enjoyed it more than the series of Flux that's come before. Hmm. I didn't see any of that, so... No, you did. Don't worry about it. No? Okay. Um... It, it was okay. It was. It, I didn't expect much, and it didn't deliver that much. So it's sort of. Yeah. I, I just it, think it's pointless being. You know, <laughs> what's the point? The thing There's was nothing to say. Then just go away. Then after after watching Flux, I said, didn't I, that I had no intention of watching it. Well, the, the, the absolutely right. And I said, you will. <laughs> and then you came round <laughs> and we watched it. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, you know, with that expectation of, I'm not going to enjoy it, so what's the point? Yeah. Sort of, you know, why watch when it? If you all is lost, you might like it. Yeah. You know, when you've got trench foot. Yeah. Yes. What's another step, what, you know? What, what, yeah. What's another louse? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, if you've you got saying, mice in your dash. i got mice in my dash. What's another peanut ex- on the floor? Exactly. Gonna, you know? But what you were saying earlier about incongruous humour, mm. yeah, it has no place. I don't think it does. I think anyway. if you're being chased around a storage depot by killer robots from the future, you don't crack jokes or just sideways glances or tell people how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. How you feel? I mean, it, um, Terminator. All right. When the Terminator gets into the police station and he starts murdering people left, right, and centre, yeah. no one's making quips. Or saying, ooh, we're about to die. It doesn't cut to them hiding behind the table going, I've kept all the load of things from my exes. Exactly. That goes on for a long time. And then when they finish with that, they do it again. Just behind some barrels this time. On and on and on. Oh, my. They wouldn't do it, so I thought the writing was clumsy. Sorry, everybody. It usually is. Yeah. This uh, this era is... mm. It's just clumsy playing it for laughs or trying to say that they've got humour when... It's incongruous. I've used the word incongruous two or three times. Now. You can but use it, it again. I'll use the word Drop incongruous the again. Can I use incongruous again? One more time. It was incongruous. <laughs> and if you wouldn't say it in that situation, why write it? 
This is exactly the reason why I wanted you to come on this podcast. Ooh. More than for Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. Because we've reviewed all the Flux the week that they've all gone out. Right. Of the past series. And we've had nothing to say, particularly other than, didn't really enjoy that. Right. Like, oh, that was okay. And then I thought it'd be perfect if we could get somebody who would, who will watch it and just say what they think, regardless of if we like it or dislike it. It is just a piece of television yeah. that and you're the the non-we. I'm the, yes. Okay, as, as the non-we. I liked it, but I wasn't expecting anything. So we should say, just before we start, this sort of vaguely carries on from the series that's left before. Right. So the TARDIS had been struck yeah. by the Flux, <laughs> which is a space thing. Is that why it had all glowing cracks all over it? Spot on. Okay. So, um, yeah, the glowing cracks, yeah. priest holes and <laughs> rings. And rings. So um, the TARDIS and is... And Horus. Yeah, Horus. And um, so it, the reason the TARDIS isn't very well is because it's absorbed the flux, or right. some of the flux, okay. which is the, the thing that is destroying the universe. Yeah. Okay? It's gone now. Yeah. It's fine, the though. flux, as a, as a result of stopping the flux, it took out fleets and fleets of Dalek ships and fleets and fleets of cyber ships and Sontaran ships. Oh. So the Daleks are there yeah. purely because they hate the Doctor. Well, and they, it, was a ruse, it was a ruse. The Sontarans set it up so that the flux would slow down enough to stop just before the Sontarans were above Earth. Mm. So Earth would be fine, so they have enough to conquer to say the Sontarans are the best. But in doing so, I think the Doctor did a, 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 a switcheroo and then the Sontarans ended up getting eaten as well. Yeah, right. The Sontarans the set up a fake alliance with the Cybermen and the Daleks. That's the one. So that when the Flux came, they could put the barrier up yep. and yep. say bye and so, kill all them lot. So why did only the Daleks come back? Mm. Anyway, so... Synopsis? Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's always a Dalek out there, isn't it? You know? All right. It's, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? There's always a Dalek out there. Why are they so upset? They, why, you know, you're yeah, never going to be able to get rid of them. emotions and stuff, but they... Well, the Daleks do. They just said they don't. Do they not? I think they oh, said they don't. Okay, sorry. They seem to care a lot. Eva the Daleks. Yeah, yes. Right. Act. Here one, one. Hey. Act one. one. Act one, yes. Act one. Act one! So, Sarah... You, Sarah, the Irish one. Uh, yep, Ashley, Ashling B. I know, I've known her. I know her from somewhere. I don't know. Do you know who she is? She's been on a few comedy programs. I've seen. Apparently, she's an actress first and foremost. Really? Yeah, okay. I've seen her in stuff. I don't. I'm not looking her up. Are you gonna have a Google? I, I could have it. Let's have a Google. Storage bin. Do we know her name? <laughs> Ashling B. <laughs> she's not an item of the Ashling <clears throat> Monopoly board game. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. Psychopathic ex partner keeping items of. Uh, hmm. Did you notice that all the items he was keeping was like shoes, handbags, mm. and board games? I wish they would have done more with that. Before his girlfriend sort of ran out. <laughs> That's all they left behind. 
That's just as far as he got. Yeah. Leaving the underwear behind the rest. Strip, <laughs> strip Monopoly. <laughs> Take forever. <clears throat> Nothing I can... She's say. a well-known face. Yes. Yeah, I think she's I just sort of been in... I've seen her on uh, quiz shows. Yeah. She might very well have been on Taskmaster. She was. She was on Bob Taskmaster. Yeah. Ashling Bay. B. <clears throat> B. B, B. I don't know how it's pronounced. I think it's B. Okay. I think. <clears throat> Bay. Ashling Bay. And Mrs. Doyle. Well, that's a bit of a, uh, a cast for no reason. It, who's that exactly? Yeah. Is that her mum? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Go on, go on, go on. She didn't say go on, go on, go on. Anyway, synopsis. <laughs> the nice. Sarah is stuck in elf storage for New Year's, but creepy Nick is there to keep her company. Nick. Mm. No, I don't like Nick. I think he's creepy. <laughs> he is creepy. I'm not sure whether it was written. Well, I'm, I'm assuming it was probably written to be played like that. Oh, I think it's, it's supposed to be funny. Because it is, I think the excuse he says for keeping all his girlfriend's things, his exes, is because it's so he like he left it in his life so he, he can give them back to them. Right. It's not so much as a yeah, a keepsake, mm. a memento. It's not like that. No, it's not. It's just he's holding them in safe storage in case they want them back. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not giving them back. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but that's what he says, though. So I'm assuming... Because he's played... Well, he ends up with a girl again, so I'm assuming... Uh, I'm, you know, that relationship's supposed to reflect Yaz and the Doctor's relationship. You can make a sort of creepy connotation out of anything, can't you, really? Yeah. And it, would you reckon this was written in a harmless way and people just sort of thought, that's a bit weird... Yeah, but the characters in the story ask if he's a serial killer. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. And the doctor does some weird stuff as well, but... Mm. No. Not that. Do you think it's just the scriptwriters trying to make someone who is basically an outsider feel part of something by the end? Ooh. I don't think they think that much no, about I it, don't really. Think <clears throat> I bet they do. Do you reckon? Yeah. Of course. It's emotions, isn't it? Yep. Love, yeah, pride, yeah, hate, yeah, fear, hate, yeah, hate. not much hate, not much fear, well, a lot of fear, but <clears throat> not that much fear, anyway. I think that's a, a deliberate move. When Sarah has a row with her business partner Jeff on the phone, Nick seems way too happy, his face is beaming at this point. He goes to put a board game in his storage locker and goes on about hazardous... I, what? He goes to put a board game in his storage locker and goes on about hazardous items for a uh, while. Mm, that was it. Oh, yeah. The Doc, Yaz, or have I, as I put, Taz and Dan are in the TARDIS. Taz? <laughs> Down in Tasmania. <laughs> Have you ever been down to Healy when? <laughs> the doctor decides that to get rid of all the flux debris and extra doors, the TARDIS must be put into self-reset. They only have seven seconds to get out before they die. Right, and they've not even landed at this point. No. Why would she do that? Yeah. Land, get out. Right, go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, why? Yeah. I, I think that is an early sign that there's a lot of false risk. I think it's there's not a lot really of. There. I think everything is a bit disconjointed when they're writing it. Is that a word? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can make it a word if I want a word. Uh, of sort of. There's an idea. I think it's it's dis- a lot of post-it disjointed. notes. I think it's disjointed. What did you say? Disconjointed. Yeah. Same, Same thing. I think there's a lot of post-it notes of ideas that yeah. seem like a good idea, like, you know, this yeah. button that's going to reset the TARDIS. But just sort of midway through writing a scene, he thinks, oh, hang on. Put that in now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, OK. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It... it no. Okay. No. I just I I agree. I agree. It's disjointed. I agree with your your statement. Do you do you agree that it's disconjointed? This yeah. And disjointed. Yeah. Good. Um I just think this is a, a huge sign of things to come. It's not mm. going to go well. <laughs> the doc decided not to wait until he landed and to take them somewhere on another planet until the TARDIS fixes itself. So she doesn't know how long the TARDIS will take to fix itself. So she decides to go on a distant planet away from their family and friends on New Year's. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. She didn't know about the time that she will. To a resort. This oh, beginning. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. The beach. Yeah. yeah, the beach. As yeah. We, do you know what? As we were watching this, yeah. we were going to say, who's going to be the first one to say, this isn't the beach? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, they escape just in time. And end up in Manchester instead of instead at nine minutes to midnight, twenty twenty one. The doc sees that there is a temporal disturbance two floors up in her dog. Tempora. Stick. Temporal. <laughs> a temporal disturbance two floors up in her dog stick. Oh yes. Uh, her sonic screwdriver. No. I think this is one of the worst episodes for sonic Just using it for no reason. Anything. Anything and everything. You yeah. want a clone? Right, <clears> go. Anything there? Do you want yeah. a clone? <laughs> Do you want a torch? Yeah. Awful. Uh, yeah, I still enjoyed it though. I can't. It's just straight away. At least give me five minutes for you. Um, anyway, they're out the TARDIS now. Yeah, I think the TARDIS is the biggest. Yeah, this worst is one of, thing. This is one of the big, the big no-nos that I had with this. That TARDIS interior is disgusting. Yeah. I won't have it said any other way. I can't stand the inside of the TARDIS okay. in Jodie's run. That All big right. sort of crystal-y thing. I think it's awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, up, I'm up my depth here, I wouldn't know. I think the tar- the inside of the TARDIS has never really looked right since old Who. Other than maybe the film. Looks yeah. pretty good in the film. And we're sort of led to believe... I think, that when the TARDIS sort of folds in on itself and it's repairing itself, that when they get in at the end, yeah. it's going to be a new console. It's been console like that every right. time. Same thing happened with Matt. It was repairing itself. You it's go exactly back in, the same. You go back into Matt and it's completely different. But no, not this time. Strange. I wonder why they didn't do that. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe they didn't have the budget. Ooh. Well, it's been dismantled now. Well, yeah, it's gone now. No. Yeah. yeah. Gone. Really? They got the new one now, so I don't know why I just didn't do it then. They could have done it, yeah. Okay. Don't know. Not a good start, but it, it, it gets easier. It gets easier. Well, it's the same thing over and over, over, <laughs> over again, isn't it, really, in a minute? 
Sarah talks to her mum and just says how stupid everything is. Gets murdered. The doc and co catch up to. I thought someone came in the room then. No. Sorry. The doc and co catch up to her and they get murdered as well. And we get the titles. Right. Wish we got the credits. Act two. Yeah. Act. So this is loop one. I've separated separated all the uh, plots. Okay, right. So we know where we're at. (laughs) Okay. Hit us. Loop one, eight minutes to midnight. So we go back to the scene where Nick shows Sarah his monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah shows him her ring. Yeah. (laughs) And priest hole. (laughs) What does he look? They soon realise they've done this already. Sarah notices there's loads of bubble wrap blocking her way out of the building. It was bubble wrap, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was bubble wrap. Yeah. Lights, yes. Yeah, they could have used something else. Big bubble wrap. I'd love yeah. big, big bubbles on a bubble yeah. wrap. Mm. Uh, so Sarah runs off and Nick gets exterminated again. Sarah goes to Jeff's storage locker to look for a weapon. Th- this is what got me. Like, talking about incongruous dialogue. Okay, if there were killer robots after it, the last thing you'd think is, I'd need a weapon. And as soon as she knew that, the, that she was locked in, the first thing she said was, I'll have to find a weapon. No. Oh, hide. You, you hide. Run away. You don't need a weapon. That's the last thing you think of. To call someone. Police. Anything. Exactly. Yeah. You, you just don't do that. There's no know. external force <clears throat> in anything whenever there's anything no. like this. The, no. the things that you would do, ring 999 yes, and panic. Yes, ring 999. Nine. Yeah. Nine. <laughs> or, and run away. Well, yeah, the last thing you'd do if you owned a storage business and that was your job, you wouldn't think, I need a weapon. Well, even if this this woman did, this individual did think okay. that, yeah. let's assume, okay, that's yeah. just how she thinks. Yeah. I thought you couldn't have weapons in storage lockers. No, Why is she going to Jeff? Uh, but yet, then she's surprised by all the food and stuffed animals. Yeah, what what is is it? see, beef and beans, isn't it? Or yes. Oh, all right, Sarah. All out of date. Don't know. Maybe stick with your monopoly or something. Yeah. Anyway, on the subject of weapons. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm interrupting. No, it's probably a good thing. The Daleks' death ray. Yes. You can see your bones. Yes. So a death ray is a death ray. Yeah. So it just goes, death ray. And if there's like three of you, yeah. you can just go death ray, death ray, between all three of you. Why do they need a rotary cannon, a minigun that fires death rays? Is it because death rays are great, mi- miniguns are fantastic, and if you combine the two... Uh, it's more got, guns. More guns. It is got, faster. It is faster. It does, yeah. It, it misses more, Yeah. but it is faster. It's more sort of energy sapping, surely. You've got a minigun going, you've got death rays going all over the place. You've just got one death ray and you go, Whoop, between three people, bingo. Look, a Star Wars scene where they're like, they're cutting through the door. You're right. So that's, maybe that's what they, they knew. They knew they needed the Gatling gun. Well, they have redesigned the Dalek a little bit, haven't they? But it's, it's no longer got a plunger. I thought the yeah, Daleks looked great. Yeah. Bronze coloured Daleks. It's marvellous. The plunger's gone. Yeah, it's a shame, that. And the gun's redesigned. It'll come back. I wouldn't mind so much that the plunger's gone, because it's supposed to be a little grippy yes. thing. Yeah. But it just always looks like a tulip. Yes. It's never open. No. Oh, we, I don't think we see it open anyway, do we? I not see it open. No. Which is a shame. I'd like it open all the time. Yeah. If you're going to... Because it's less of a sort of, where's the plunger gone? Yes. I think you wouldn't notice it as much, sort of... Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I like the anyway, sorry. 
So, wir wären. So Jeff has uh, what? Oh, wait, Jeff has a lot of things. I put something a bit more yeah. rude there. The Dalek finds her and shoots her. The Doc and Co go to the front desk and meet a Dalek, and they get exterminated. So that's the end of the loop. Yeah. Good. So it's a big shock that though that the TARDIS crew die instantly. Yeah. Well, they already died. Yeah. This is the second. No, one. I know, but I mean, yeah. you know, the the first time that we see them all get. It was in. in the trailer. I'm sure it was. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't think it would... Yeah, but but regardless yeah. of if you've seen the trailer or not, I think oh, I suppose, yeah. when you see the TARDIS crew just mm. all get snuffed. Yes. See so, the bones. Yeah. It's big great. bright light, bingo, That's dead. a great little... Yeah. yeah. Sort of, oh, God. Yeah. She's going to regenerate now. Yeah. Earlier... See, that would have been a great yes. thing to do. <laughs> Everybody knows that she's leaving and everybody suspects that she... Well, they know she's going to be leaving... Uh, like November time yeah. of this year, do it earlier than everybody expected, I, yeah. and have two introductory episodes before you get the. Yeah, I, I think know. I know why I wasn't surprised at all, even if it wasn't the trailer. I think I've learned how Chibnall uses his characters by now. Chris Chibnall, like, he kills. If he was going to kill them off, which he does sometimes. When they come back, or when just a character goes through any sort of risk or dilemma, they don't react to, to it in any way. It doesn't change them as a person. Okay. It just is what it is and carry on. Right. Like, that happens. Yep. And nothing else happens. Like, it, just nothing affects them. So it's almost like that event doesn't even exist. Right. It didn't have any effect on anything but my time. Okay. It's true. Yeah. It is true. Hmm. I think the only one was Dan's girlfriend, who for some reason decided she didn't like Dan anymore. Remember? After all of the all six of episodes, yeah. it's And Dan actually, comments yeah. about that in this. So don't let them get away. Things get complicated. Dan. <sighs> I was don't. No. That's John Bishop. Yes. What's yeah, the point John. of him? Ah, oh, no, I like John. He doesn't do anything, though. No, he doesn't do I, anything. No, but I like John. I like John Bishop. He spins round dogs pretty good. He just stands there. He's good at standing. He is good at standing. If you want someone to stand, easier man. And he likes pairing people together. Yeah. Okay. That's about it, really. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we should have had uh, Dan's parents on the phone rather than Sarah's parents. Yeah, because we met Dan's parents, yeah. but that's it. We don't, it no. would make more sense, wouldn't it? See him again. Well, I suppose. Or had them turn up at the store. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. You ready for loop two? Absolutely. Two, two, two three. God. <laughs> well, just before you start reading that, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. That's all right. You know these loops that keep on going round. Yeah. And Sarah and Nick. Yeah. Yes. They keep reappearing at the start of the loop where yep. they were once before. Mm. Like if they're on the third floor, on the third floor. The Doctor and his two companions. Are always by the TARDIS. Yeah. Why? I think it's a loop. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> it changes as well, doesn't it? Because I think towards the end, they start appearing by the door, don't they? At the bottom. Ah, yes. Yeah, but for the first few times, they just appear by the TARDIS. Is it? Is it something to do with the time that it took for them to get? Because time's shortening, isn't it? Well, no. So is it where no. they... The doctor says it's it self-contained not? to the building. This loop is 
only on no, the yeah. building. So what I mean is that... But say, time's still progressing mm-hmm. outside because they're getting closer to New Year's. Well, so say, everyone on the loop is just a building. Yeah, it is just a building because of that big bubble. The big way I thought... Wrap. I'm assuming then... The, the, if, say, us three are upstairs yeah. and Leah's downstairs, yeah. <clears> the Dalek comes in yeah. so straight away. Start scene. Yep. Dalek comes in, yeah. shoots Leah downstairs, yeah. shoots us. Shoots yeah. us here. It won't yeah. get up this we haven't left this no. room. No. no. Re- loop resets. Yeah. One minute less. One minute less. Leah's still yeah. downstairs because that's where she got killed before. Yeah. We know that's stu- happened. And we know that's happened. Yeah. We now move into the top of the stairs. Yes. And get killed. Yes. Does it start when we got killed on top of the stairs now? Yes, because it's a minute less. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense then. Yeah. So, but the TARDIS crew don't. But the TARDIS crew doesn't. The basement. You would have thought they'd have been a minute further away from the TARDIS when the loop restarted a minute later. Unless they're immune because they're from the TARDIS. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. It do- I don't think it bears that much. Well, I mean, it's the whole premise of the episode. I suppose. Yes. It's Groundhog Day, but ish. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day for some people. Yeah. If you like storage units. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Loop two, seven minutes to midnight. They all wake up where they did in the last, no, the first loop. Sarah runs to find Nick and they discover they are in a loop and keep dying. They don't do anything about it though. It's like, oh, and this is what it's like to die. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Did it hurt? No, no, no. It looked no. like it hurt. I saw your skeleton. Yep. No, okay. The Doc and Co meet up with with them on the right floor. Uh, first time. They're just mm-hmm. there. They just know exactly where they are. Yeah. This is on the fifth floor, I think. It's the fifth floor where the weapons were. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The Doc explains uh, what the Darks are. <laughs> God's sake. The Darks explain what the Darks are before they get shot at one the Daleks explain what the Daleks no, are. No, the Doc explains what the Daleks are yes. before they get shot by them. Because the Daleks are yeah. there now. Uh, and at this point, the whole crew is in that small corridor. Yeah. With Sarah and Nick. That's filling up 75% of the corridor. Yeah. If you had a Gatling gun down yeah. there. Oh, yes. If you had, like, yeah, yeah, a big rotary cannon firing death rays, that wouldn't be... Mind you, you wouldn't be able to duck either, would you? So, <laughs> no, yes. Hey. Yeah, you're right. A lot of, there's been a lot of controversy around this, hasn't there? Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy. There's a particular area of fandom that think they're always right. OK, well, maybe they are. Maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Yeah. No. They find Nick's storage unit to hide in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's revealed that <clears throat> Nick keeps keepsakes of all his ex-girlfriends. That is enough to fill up a big unit. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, Eight individual names. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I can see. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah goes absolutely ape at Nick, and Nick decides that the best thing to do is go back out the unit to the Dalek, and he gets killed. <laughs> yes. Why does he do that? Yeah. Anyway, the Dalek is shooting their way into the unit. This is the bit that you picked up on. Well, when they get a thin in... tin door. It's a roller shutter door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, took him, it took him hours. It's like trying to get into a safe. And when he's finally in, 
the distance he is between... This is really weird. Yeah. They do this shot of yeah. sort of the gun's perspective. Right. And the gun's perspective is inside the door. But then when you see the Dalek, it's outside no, the door. continuity. And it keeps doing it as well. You know, so when oh. this thing's like that, it happens once. Yes. And then you... It's, no, it keeps happening. The, the, oh, yeah. yeah. They look there and look up there. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> this sort of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, while they're shooting themselves... No, shooting their way into the, the unit. That's what I was doing at that time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Again? The doc finds out that the loop is getting shorter by one minute every time they die. She says to go straight to the fifth floor on the next loop. The Daleks break in and says the doc is targeted for execution. They all die. Loop three. Six minutes to midnight. When you just done loop three? Loop two. <laughs> loop two. So loop three. They head up to the fifth floor and the doc says that the time loop only extends the size of the building. Yeah. That's exactly what she said. What does that mean? It's a self-contained bubble. Much yeah. like the uh, Pyramids of Mars yes. barrier. Yeah. It's just that bit. It all happens within the shrink wrap. No, not shrink wrap, the, the, the bubble wrap. Everything within the bubble wrap yeah. bubble is looping. Is looping. Yeah. But everything else outside is fine. Normal. And is catching up with itself. So when it's New Year, when it hits zero, it's back at zero with the world. So that so the mum keeps calling, she keeps calling her mum. The mum might be getting really annoyed at this point. No, because he's only calling her once. They're reliving the time. Nobody yeah. else is. So when the mother calls, the mother's calling for the first time every time. Because outside... But it's always a minute later. So by the, the it, point where it's like one minute to oh, twelve... she asks her to phone yeah, later on. In like well, 30 seconds. Yeah, it but, turns out to be five minutes. Um, I uh, do not compute. So outside yeah. where the mother is, mm. the mother's at normal time. So what time yeah. is the mother calling? Does it feel like five minutes to midnight? Well, she calls before they get killed for the first time, which starts the loop. Right. And then every time after that, even though that normal time has passed, because we're a minute closer to midnight, yeah. she still calls. And, and, ah. and her daughter reacts in the same way every... like right. At least for the first time. And that's how they realise, oh, we're on a loop. But then, to solve the issue... She phones the mother and tells her to phone a specific time. Th- like, like 30 seconds Well, to at midnight. that point, it would be in loop... I'll have you know. <laughs> loop six. No, loop eight. Finally. Which is one minute to midnight. Yeah. And says, oh, call me. You need to phone me at this time. Yeah. Which so would even, have to be... So even though they're in a time loop, seemingly they can affect the outside... But they shouldn't be able to, should no, they? Because no. the outside is outside of the self-contained time loop. Yeah, which is so you, you would assume that once you go past time loop seven, yeah, she won't phone again because no. it's it's happened. Yes, and the time loop has moved forward. Yes, so it doesn't make sense. The Hawkins number. Gosh, just give him a yeah. Ring. It was his birthday yesterday, apparently, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Stephen Hawkins' birthday. Just a joke. No, no. Oh, that's okay. No, okay, no okay. everything about Stephen Hawking you say, I always think it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Okay. 
I've lost my place now. So that's that sorted. There we go. Where we are then. Right. So the time loop only exists inside and the mother can't call. Or she could call, but yeah, okay, fine. It, it's very confusing, isn't it? Well, no, it, 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 if the mother's calling five to midnight... It just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Until you get to five minutes to midnight on within your loop, you're not going to hear from your mother. And after that time, you're not going to hear like from your mother. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> great, doesn't it? Yeah. She also finds out there's two Daleks. She wants the doctor. Uh, Dan instantly stops the elevator. Dan? Oh, yeah, Dan's in it. Dan instantly stops the elevator there. Oh no, they're in an elevator. Right. Dan instantly stops the elevator they're in to go to one of the Daleks for some reason. Dan meet. I think it's just they try. I think a couple of times in this they they, they do just kill themselves. Does he go to the Daleks to buy them some time? Is that what I think? That's what he says. And it is what he says, boss. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. And he pretends to faff about with a box, doesn't he? In what movie or TV show, does it, when someone says, I'll sacrifice myself to give you time, does that ever give anyone any time? Yeah, never. It always seems a bit pointless. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I'll stay behind. Yeah. Um, So... Dan meets up with the Dalek. And when it shoots at him, he just moves around a bit. Then he stands still and dies. Yes. He could have moved around a bit more, couldn't he? Yeah, Sidestep. Yeah, just run around in circles around the Dalek. And... Unless he wanted to die. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Sarah and Nick are in the basement next to the TARDIS. They have a heart-to-heart by the box. And then buy a barrel. This lasts a good while. <laughs> that was... Anyway. Nick tells Sarah that he has a crush on her. That's been going on for three years. They both were killed by the Dalek. Uh, the Doc and Yaz go to Jeff's unit and they find explosives. They Then both Daleks catch up to them and the Daleks reveal that the TARDIS is making a time loop and that the Daleks are pissed that the Doc allowed the Flux to wipe out their fleets. The Daleks killed them both. Yeah. That's the end of uh, Loop 3. Loop 4. Five minutes to midnight. (laughs) Sarah, Dan, Yaz and the Doc meet up at the reception. Sarah says something about loving weirdos with a good heart, and Yaz quivers and looks at the Doc. Nick gets cornered by Daleks and ducks as they shoot the crossfire kills both Daleks how'd you duck you can't duck we did yeah I know but it's like a it's a minigun with death rays if you complain about that though oh okay you're one of those Mm. oh right okay then that's my favourite thing is uh, yeah okay that's fine I love miniguns with death rays plot shielding's there for a reason right just respect that Mm. okay come on come on now sorry Mm. <clears throat> Call yourself a fat... No, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> the doc meets up with him and brings him... This is with... Uh, I keep forgetting. Nick. The doc meets up with Nick 
and brings him back to reception. They form a plan where the Doc uses her Sonic to pretend she's somewhere else to lure the Daleks away from the fifth floor so they can get the explosives. They get the explosives and bring them back to reception. Big, big speech here. Do you remember the big, big speech? The camaraderie. Yeah. This is what really got me nerves. Mm. Because a good leader doesn't have to tell people to work as a team. Mm. Come on, everyone. Yeah. It's like when you see a when you see a great band work in the audience. Yes. Like, come on, everybody, clap. Yeah, please. (laughs) Don't do it. A good leader doesn't have to tell people to work as a team. Good leaders, just a good leader, and they work as a team regardless. And it's this constant stress on working as a team you see in everything these days. Mm. I don't like it. It's needless. It's contrived. Good work ethic, though, isn't it? It is. There's a lot of social engineering going on there, though, mm. isn't there? Telling people to, you know, oh, teamwork best. Have fun. Yes. You know, we must all work together. No, you don't say that. You just get on with the job. For the common good. Anyway, sorry. Better get in early as well. Yeah. Those kids. Uh, is this it is a, kid, a thing. Is it a kid show? Yeah, basically. Come on. <laughs> Must be. Or maybe not. I I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. No. If you go to Ruffles there, it's like a smut show. <laughs> it is. It is, isn't it? There's tons of it's stuff. Disgusting. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I win seven times. Well. Um... Do you remember the big speech? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like the big speeches? Not really. <laughs> Shall we carry on? I don't, I don't want to say it's, it's not preachy. <clears throat> I don't want to. Uh, it's not that because that's what everybody says it is. It's just sort of. Why? It just slows everything down. Yeah. Yes. Why do we the audience? It takes you right this? out. Yeah. Of when something good could just be about to happen, and we're just yeah. going to go. Well, actually, I think you'll find as a human race, we all need to look after each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see Tom Baker doing that in Pyramids of Mars? Sutek. Yes. I have you. I want you to know that <laughs> <laughs> we will work together as a team. <laughs> Talking about slowing the plot down. I have to interrupt. Running. No, please do, please do. Running. If I was being chased by killer robots, mm. I'd be bombing it down those corridors. None of them could run. No. They just couldn't run. They were running slowly, if they could run at all. Some were running ungainly, like they'd never run before. Mincing. They running. were mincing a clumpy, flat-footed, direct, straight-armed running. It was all rubbish. Like Lego. Yeah. yeah well, you'd be Lego. running quickly, wouldn't you? You'd be hiding well, you know, and running. You'd be yeah. getting out of there. No what one did. Has... When the clock reaches 12, yeah. what does that mean? That's what I didn't get from this episode. What th- well, I'm assuming it's just it's a set amount of time that the the time loop the time loop is there for the purpose of the TARDIS to rebuild itself, isn't it? I'm yeah. assuming. So it just so happens that that time loop coincides with New Year. Mm. Weird that. And that's about it, really. And once the time loops happened, the TARDIS is fixed. All is well. Yeah. The Daleks have jumped on the fact that this thing is happening. Yeah. And they're using that to their advantage. Yeah. So it's not really... It's the main plot point, and it's also just coincidence that it's there as well. It's not really... It's not there for any meaning. Essentially, it's just there because it's how long it takes for the for the TARDIS to fill up. Right. I think. So why is it? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. It's, if they just keep going in circles, because it's only like eight minutes, 
Is it, is it? Yeah. Eight minutes. They'd have to just run around a bit. Yes. And escape the Daleks and they're fine. Yeah. I don't understand what all this is about. Yeah, yeah they could have just avoided Daleks, couldn't they? I just don't get what, again, but I don't know what the the threat is. Uh, well, unlike any other Dalek story, the Daleks learn. Oh, yeah, they said that, didn't they? Daleks learn. Oh. Yeah, what would have happened if they just run away from the Daleks? Gone from floor to floor to floor. Well, they wouldn't have any special. Uh, just be seven minutes of just <laughs> running around the storage mm. warehouse. At least you'll and be happy seeing them run. Yeah, I'll yeah, be happy. Yeah, well, no, they couldn't <laughs> run. As long as they run properly. Yeah. Yeah. Clump, 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 clump. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Is it them getting killed that resets the time loop? It wasn't explained. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's it is, under assumption. It? Every time they die, the time loop moves a minute further. So it isn't the TARDIS. But it is. Yeah. So if, they did, hard, if they didn't hey. die, then would they just be seven minutes of like hanging about telling everybody how they felt about each other? They'd be <laughs> sitting on a pallet. Oh, yeah, having a chat. About, oh, I've got a crush on you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I fancy you. Um, oh, you know what? <laughs> yes. Oh, do you know what? Then <laughs> listen to her. Um, yeah. If they just had a sitting on a pallet having a chat, <laughs> that's some beef and beans. Sitting on a pallet. Yeah. What happens if they didn't get killed? I don't know. But if if they manage to kill one person, which they would, because mm. the Daleks turn up as a surprise, kill one person, does that reset everything? And what do the Daleks do in all this? How does their loop get reset? Because they don't die. Well, they do once. They do once, don't they? So what happens for them when the others go back to their loop? So oh. The loop has to be tied to them, not the building, nor the TARDIS. Yeah. Horrible, oh, isn't it? So <laughs> no. Let's just leave it. Yeah. Also, the bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. That was just gone at the end. It was forgotten about. Well, it was the end. Time time loop had gone. So the time loop. It, oh, so that's why the big wall went. It's the yeah, it's, it yeah. was Yeah. The time's up. Time's up. You can go now. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. So you just had enough time to set off the explosives mm-hmm. and get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Why does Zara put up big walls full of time loops and stuff when it's repairing itself? Mm-hmm. Or is this because it's the flux? I'm assuming it's sort of, it'll be a protection thing. So it can fix itself. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out. So whatever it's stuck mm. with, it's sort of... You know, it's sort of put in the garage until yes. the windscreen's defrosted. Yeah, but that I'm guessing wraps itself around the building. Then, yeah. like it finds the nearest. What if you're in a building? It will cover itself around. I don't, I don't know. think it needs that much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it does either. Apparently, Chimble doesn't think so either. Yeah. Mr. Chinball. Mr. Chinball. And his ring. Leap. Five. Four minutes. <laughs> Sarah tries to get off the... F- Wait, have we read this already? Well, I no. I, I, no. Sarah tries to get... It's like we're in a time loop. Sarah tries to get to the fifth floor, but the Dalek is too quick and she dies. 
Nick gets killed instantly. The Doc and Co. are in the basement and the Doc decides to run off with her screwdriver in the air. Is there a comma there? And this tea didn't go down very well. <laughs> Mid-sentence. <laughs> fighting against it. <clears throat> Do you remember that? You liked that bit, didn't you? You weren't listening, were you? No. You weren't listening? No. Yeah, what... Uh, the, the doctor fighting against the... <laughs> doing a... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Waving it in the air. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an, uh, somehow, like you said, nobody can run. No. No. You know, I can't run. But like you say, in that situation, it, I could run. If there was a killer robot coming out the corner... Something needs to happen. You'd run. I'd be on my way. Yes. So, there we go. Right. Dan tells Yaz that she should tell the doc how she feels about her uh, feelings. I saw it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, I'm sure he says this. This isn't me, this is Dan saying okay. it. Do you want to check? Or? No, no, no. I no, saw no. it then. You didn't half cream when you were looking oh, at the hologram. <clears throat> That's what he says. He didn't. He did. He doesn't. He does, I promise. He doesn't. I, no, I'll leave. He does. So he did what else would he say? Scream? She didn't... No, scream's weird, isn't it? <laughs> scream doesn't make any sense. Uh, I can't remember that. Because as soon as they started talking about feelings, I thought, oh, God. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. It's... <sighs> Incongruous. It's just there for no reason. It's contrived. Uh, You know, uh, New Who has always had this thing of the companion fancying the Doctor. Uh, New Who, yeah. Yeah, it's always been there. I think it went uh, for a little bit. It's just part of what it is now. It's it's just part of what it is. It's never been this full on, though. But as... Oh, I don't know. It's always been suggested, but not... Rose? Mm. Um... But as much as, as much as I dislike love in the TARDIS, uh, yes, it's just part and parcel of modern media. It is. It is part and parcel of modern just, media. You're bred to just this is what happens now. It's yes. all about emotions. Yeah, you've and got whatever. To, got to unload your heart, regardless of killer robots. Now, that's the problem. Yeah, I haven't got an issue with it. Well, no. I, I have got an issue with it, but I wouldn't have an issue with it. If it had its own separate place that was rather that wasn't in the middle of when something is about to happen, yes, because it always does it where it takes you out of when something's about to just happen. Mm-hmm. I just need to tell you about my feelings. Exactly, it's just bad writing. Yeah, I've seen the way you look at her. Yeah, right. Well, you ready? ready? He's just coming round. Showing <laughs> Just a lot of wind. It's all the beef and beans. So do what? How you feel about her? (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Yeah, you do. Mm. Is it that obvious? Maybe not to a good-hearted weirdo. I spent four years travelling the world with you. 
I saw it then. You didn't have Cain looking at that hologram. I didn't. You didn't Kane. have Cain. Cain. What does it say on the subtitles? Oh, good point. Well, this ruins it, doesn't it? It's like space balls when they're looking at the video of themselves. Four years travelling the world. When will then be now? Didn't have Kane looking at that. Kane. C A N E. What does that mean? Kane. Kane. You didn't have Kane when you were looking at that hologram. It's probably some. Is it, is it like pine? Some colloquialism. It must be. Yes. <laughs> Liver paddling colloquialism. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it must be like pine. You didn't have. Yeah, can you just put Kane's, Kane's slang in there and find out what it is? Because we might as well know. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Colloquialism. <laughs> Running badly. Feelings. Nothing more than. <laughs> Awkward silences. Dodgy dialogue. Contrived dialogue. Oh, <clears throat> I see your contrived dialogue. <laughs> and raise you bad storyline. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. I mean, it was a good episode. <laughs> I think it's it's a long, hollow, or pithy, jointed wooden stem. Yeah, that's a, that's a cane. Yeah. <laughs> It got go fast, hurry. Hmm. You didn't have cane. British slang for stoned. Oh, he doesn't mean like she kept watching it. You kept cane in it. No. Oh, you know when I've heard people say, "Oh, you, you know, he's cane in that," like over and over again. Yeah. No. But what does he say? You, you didn't have Kane, Kane. That, yeah. with that hologram. Yeah. No, over that hologram. You didn't have Kane looking at that hologram. Oh, it is, yeah. You didn't have Kane it. You didn't have really? Kane looking at that hologram. You didn't have watched that hologram over and over again. It's an awkward way of putting it, though. It's yeah. short for cocaine. Maybe. You weren't half snorting watching that. <laughs> yeah. To be beaten at. To be cane, to be beaten at something by a large amount. No. I think it, I think it's just That's you watched it over and over again. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. Loop three. Oh god. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, this whole time there was a Dalek in the corner with his eye off. <sighs> there was as well. He was there the whole time, and when the doctor was there. They don't learn much, do they? No, just kill them then. <laughs> Dan and Yaz are slaughtered. The doc gets killed too. Loop six. They change the plan uh, because they find fireworks in the basement. Get the explosives and bring them down to the basement. Yaz goes to get the other two. Dan tells the doc that Yaz likes her. Nick and Sarah... Weird, that bit. Nick and Sarah have another heart-to-heart before, <laughs> before Yaz Gosh. shouts at them to get to the basement. Even Yaz is telling them. Meanwhile, the Daleks... <laughs> Come <and> on! <laughs> Meanwhile... 
Meanwhile, the Daleks are tracking the Doc's decoy. <clears throat> the Daleks catch up to them in the basement and kill them all. Loop 7. Two minutes to midnight. They all get killed. This was a decoy loop. Loop 8. One minute to midnight. Sarah asks her mum to call her just before midnight. The Doc and Yaz take the explosives from the fifth floor, brings them down to the basement. Everyone else just leaves. Right at, out the back, before leaving, Sarah puts her phone on the bomb. Sarah's mum calls, and the Dalek thinks it's a person and shoots. The building blows up. Nick and Sarah are madly in love and decide to travel around the world. The Doc and Co talk, talk in a TARDIS. And we're nowhere. Who was that bloke who was watching the fireworks at the end? Was there any significance to them? Not really. He was in the first Jodie episode. <clears throat> no, okay then. But he wasn't really. Right. He was just an extra. Okay. Basically. All right. Yeah. So the episode then. I enjoyed it. Ooh. I wasn't expecting anything and as a standalone thing to watch when there was nothing else to watch, it was quite entertaining. When you were backed into a corner to watch it. Well, I, I wouldn't have watched it if you hadn't have asked. But when I watched it, it was all right. And if you take no notice of people having, you know, heart-to-hearts on a pallet while killer robots are menacing them, then you just take no notice of that and watch it. But if you watch it with the heritage behind it, then you add it, really. I mean, if you watch it directly after Pyramids of Mars, <laughs> then it's, it's a completely different thing. It's, yeah. not, it's not Doctor Who anymore. Pyramids of Mars had a proper storyline with a bit of momentum behind it. Mm. This one didn't. And it, was, it had incongruous emotions and incongruous bad jokes. Mm. Don't make bad jokes. If you want to do jokes in sci-fi, then just do Red Dwarf. Mm. Don't have jokes if you can't do jokes properly. I just don't get the point. What's I, the drive? I, uh, <laughs> just to get out, mate. Yeah. That's it. There was, there was no drive. And then in Pyramids of Mars, we saw, because the Earth in 1980 is going to be desolate. Yeah, yeah. they actually showed you what it was going yeah. to be like if yeah. we didn't do I, this. I like the way in Pyramids of Mars when he said every... What did he say about every moment in time has its alternative? Hmm. It was fantastic, that was. It was something yes. like that. It was great. You know, he's going on about parallel universes and everything. So that had a, a definite flow to it. This one was just something to do to get something out on New Year's Eve. Mm. It does feel a bit sort of, well, what's the consequence? Yeah. Other than the cast die. I know yeah. that's a huge thing, but essentially you could have used this as the story where the Doctor regenerates. Yes. And it could have been 20 minutes. Yeah. There was no, it was an hour? I don't know. Probably 50 not. minutes? 50 minutes. Yeah, 50 minutes. Was, an hour, oh, was it? Was it 59 minutes? I think so. Well, you could have easily got rid of 20 minutes of it, probably. Yeah. Like eight? Seven and six is 13, and five is 18, and four is 22, and three is 25, and two is 27, and one is 29. You could have done that half an hour. Yeah. All your time loops. Bingo. So, but I watched it twice. Oh, so did I. But the guy wasn't expecting anything, and it was a nice watch. New Year's Eve, get it out of the way. It was, yeah, it was all right. Get it out of the way. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> get I, it I, over I, and done. I watched it because I had to watch it, but it was. I was entertained. Mm. As mindless entertainment. But you don't expect that, really. You expect something to think about at the end of it. Well, science fiction as well. It, I, exactly. You mm. just think. It, it is a different beast. Mm, completely. It's just. It's a different thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know what I think. I, uh, personally, it was okay. It was better than Flux because it's just one self-contained story that just sort of did it and that's done with now. It's you, shorter. Don't worry yeah. about that. You, you can just get, you know. Time. Yeah. Next time is going to be something completely different. And for me, it was completely overshadowed by the next time trailer. Oh, but the Sea Devils? Yeah. Oh, boy. And they don't, <clears> look, <throat> and they don't look any different. No. Well, they just look like they used to. You know. Wearing the same kit and everything. Just. Same boggly eyes. Yeah. Maybe they just run out of budget and they find doing costumes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, what did you think? Waste of time. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, 50 minutes worth of entertainment on a New Year's Eve. Yeah, that, that's it. But it didn't feel like it belonged to anything else. It didn't feel like a special, though. No, I it didn't. I will say that. Considering no. it's the festive special. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Maybe. So, so what did you think of the music? He's getting better. Yeah, that's what I thought. He is getting better. Since Flux, the yeah. last series that's gone out, yeah. he's he hasn't abandoned the sort of... He just had a pad going in the background, didn't he? Sagan Akinola. Sagan Akinola. He's... Uh, and I think I said this when we started doing the Flux thing. It's as if somebody's... I don't want to make it sound a bit... Sound horrible, but it's as if somebody's taught him orchestration. That's what I was thinking. It's like he's worked out if you use a French yeah. horn, that means grand. I think he's uh, been taught orchestration. I was thinking exactly the same thing uh, myself because I re-listened to some of the pad type um, sound washes he was using, and it was boring stuff. Yeah. I could have done myself, um, and you could definitely have done it. This someone's taking him back to school. And he's beginning, beginning to sound a bit Murray Goldish. Uh, yeah, probably. It, he is. But uh, I quite enjoyed the music. He's doing it a lot better. Yes. Yeah, how, better. how long has he been doing it now? Since Jody. What's that, 2018? Uh, so, well, 2017 on and off. Okay, it's, four, it's, it's four years to read the Walter Piston orchestration book, isn't it? And hmm. get yourself sorted. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the music. Yeah, he is. He is. Mm. It has gone. It's taken up a notch. Yes. Yeah. And it's just it, he's doing it in a way that it makes sense. Like either that, or he is scoring it and he's taking it to an arranger. I was looking for that in the end titles, and I couldn't see orchestration. Because mm. I know maybe Murray Gold as an orchestrator. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. It wouldn't surprise me if it's just some sort of Spitfire library that he's playing in. Mm. I'd, I'd love to know if he's orchestrating it himself. I don't think he is. I wouldn't have thought so. But you never know. No. Maybe I'm just being cynical. But the, the music was all right. Yeah. I don't remember. There's not a lot of it, but when it is there, it, it, was, it works. It works. It works well. Yeah. But well, like, get rid of the humour, get rid of the emotions, bingo. Look at films. Do they all sit around having a chat while killer robots are on their track? Yeah. No. I remember the music when the heart to heart happened? Mm. I remember those. That is generic heart to heart. Yeah. Piano yeah. pad. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. But. Just don't do it. No. Do you think those scenes would be better if there was no music? Ooh, probably not. I'd say. I think you need something. 
Don't have those scenes. Just keep the momentum going. Or do it yeah. at the beginning. Got and it. then inter- <laughs> interrupt it by badness. Don't even bother with that. Just get rid. Just get rid. You know, get actors in who can do everything with a look. And then you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And you can keep... Yeah. I'd you say can, you, you can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who will return yeah. after... Yeah. <laughs> they can just keep the momentum going if you if you get it right. Mm. Mm. Keep the storyline going. Keep the, the thrust. Um, you need thrust. Thrust. Keep the action going. You don't bother with anything else apart from looks and um, insinuations, and that's it. And there you go. I didn't like it. I no. enjoyed it. It was all right to have something to watch in the years, wasn't it? Yes. Because yeah. I watched, I watched it with you. Harold. You did. You did. And it was fun to laugh at. It, we laughed all the way through. I will say yeah. that. You know uh, how uninterested we were. Yeah. But yeah, in a not in a horrible way, but in a sort of fun. God, why is this oh, happening? God. <laughs> so what? What were the good things? I think the Daleks were very uh, creepily done. Creepily done. Um, it's nice to see them do their job for once, not stand around. Yeah. Like they killed them. Yeah. And some of the shots were lovely. Of them sort of at the end of a corridor and you just see the yes, eye in a the silhouette. Eye and, some yeah. of that stuff's really yeah, good. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. I liked uh, Ashling B. Ashling B. I thought I was going to hate her. No, Nick. But I thought she was I okay. Like I, thought she, well, she was, I thought she was pretty good, actually. Nick character. <sighs> I thought, what a strange wooden performance. Yeah. But it, it was, yes. It was a wooden performance, wasn't it? But then again, the mains. They're not, they weren't, I think Ashling B probably outshone the mains. Everybody. Which, yeah. you think, has Tom yeah. Baker ever been with anybody where you thought, God, makes Tom Baker look like... Yeah, but he's a good stage presence, isn't he? Yeah, mm, and I think that there's a lot of that now with a lot of actors that they just sort of don't have that... Yeah. I'm that. sitting upright. Yes. You know, they just, I don't know. <clears throat> that. Um, yeah, well, he's, you know, he was an old zest, wasn't he? He's all over the radio at the moment um, in things like the Navy Lark, so he's been going forever. Yeah. So he's used to it. We're, we're talking about the uh, six-foot cardboard cutter <laughs> yeah. uh, John Pertwee in the yeah. corner. Not Tim. Tim was in the late Navy Lark. His big, his big six-foot cardboard cutter is John Pertwee. How was it doing Wurzel Gummidge? We'd love to know. And <sighs> Sally. Yeah. But he had, you know, he had a range of voices. <laughs> he, he knew what he was doing. Um, yeah. Peter Capaldi. Yeah, they've got a range of he, things. He can and do it. The thing is, like, Jodie. Yeah. I've seen Jodie and other things, and she's great. Yeah. I just don't think Doctor Who's for her. I just don't... I just don't think she's got that... Presence? Probably, yeah. It's presence. hard to know it's, when... It's, it's not the same showrunner. I think she, if... Oh, when the auditions happened, I'd imagine she'd be in, like, the top three pickings. Mm. But it's just sort of... She hasn't got it. I don't know what it is, but for me, I haven't really seen much of her that makes me think, yeah, even with a different writer or a different storyline, you'd... Yeah, you've got it. 
it's just a bit plain. Yeah. There was none of that hint of delight in everything that's going on with an undercurrent of, yeah, I can handle anything that comes my way regardless. It just feels a bit flying by the seat a little bit, you know. Yes. Yeah. And it's nice to have that different, I suppose, because a lot of the a lot of the doctors are very confident, aren't they? And it could come across a bit <clears throat> well, they should be arrogant. They're time lords, they, you know. Um, yeah. So you know, it's nice to have a bit more of a vulnerable doctor, like Peter Davison did that really a little bit, where he was sort of oh, I lost interest by then. The wet vet, yeah. you know. It's you know, but yeah. And Tratton sometimes. Patrick Tratton had that sometimes, where he was sort of a bit unsure and worried, and he'd do that. Oh God. Sort of, yeah. But <clears throat> then again, when it was time to make it serious, mm. they've got that thing. Yeah, the edge. Yeah, they've got it. It. The X factor. The X factor. They have it. Yeah, and she doesn't seem to have it. Even yeah, no one does. No. no. <laughs> I, I I just think it's it's hard to act. To see a script and see these people, these characters who are supposed to be humans, yeah, and then you try and act that. There's, and there's, a, lot, there's a lot. That must be really dialogue. hard. Yeah. Some of the dialogue's awful, it, and it is. It, yeah. As much as people will defend it on Twitter and say, "Oh well, no, actually, I think you're fine." No, it, it, it isn't. People do not talk the way that they're written. They don't. But if there wouldn't be much dialogue. If you left it to its own devices, if I was running away from killer robots, I would just be shouting, run! Ah, yeah, and there'd be help. a lot of that about it. <laughs> Don't me get me. the police! <laughs> it's just I've fallen over. There would be a lot of that. I just think it's the fault of the story, then. I, it is the fault of the no st- place. F- you're forcing uh, like an apple into a Coke bottle. You are. This is not going to happen. You're not. Chip ball. Yeah. Tin ball. Yeah, if, <laughs> it's if, not going to happen. If they wrote it realistically, then you wouldn't have any of them. No. And all you got to do is look at good writing and good films. And there's no dialogue that's clunky and it's just shoehorned in, like an apple into a Coke bottle. <laughs> well, it wouldn't work. It, wouldn't it, work. it, 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 it never has worked. It shouldn't work. No, it's wrong. It is. Naughty Doctor Who. It, it, it's, <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you should just go by what's natural. And just imagine yourself in that situation and say, right, you know, I'm not going to sit down and monopalate and tell you what I think about you if there's a Dalek over there. And it's strange, like, usually actors would say Could when you just, just, something's just hard. Could you just on a minute? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> if something's... If something's... Something's... If something... Doesn't seem natural in the, in, in the script. Yeah. And the actor reads it, tries, you know, in the rehearsals, yeah. and then tries to be a person yeah. who would say this line. And I was like, I can't. <sighs> and then in, in that moment, they usually do, re- like, do, do rewrites there. Scripts. Do they? So yeah, you... scripts usually. Well, we're not with like dickheads. So the script still is ever changing up until the point it's actually filmed. Because he can change it on the day. Whoa. Just change bits of dialogue. But don't you think they might just get carried away with their own sense of drama, however misplaced, and think, all right, this is great. We've it's, done it's this. Usually everyone, if this it's is good, if it's good team, then usually everyone knows it just doesn't work. Right. I think some of that the problem doesn't comes sound with that. good. It, okay. It's being script edited by the same person who's writing it. Is oh, it? Okay. Which in Old Who doesn't happen. Right. Well, I say that. It's just happened with Pyramids oh. of Mars. But generally. 
the script editor is somebody different to who's written it. Right. And with this, Chris Chibnall's writing it, Chris mm-hmm. Chibnall's the showrunner, and Chris Chibnall is script editing his own work. Editing it as well. And doing film. Film. I'll, 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 give us the camera, give us yeah. the camera. Seriously, he's doing a lot. He's, yeah. No, it, it, it's clunky dialogue, doesn't fit. No. And then clunky dialogue with clunky storytelling. You got it. Yeah, that's it. I th- I just think there's a sense that Doctor Who has not lost what it is, but it's it's gone down a road now that it just has to keep going down because there's no return. Of <laughs> we don't we don't need to know who the Doctor is. Yeah, but if but, it keeps going down that road, it's just going to vanish up its own cul-de-sac, isn't it? But, well, that, yeah, but that's what I mean. Is that now it's sort of. With this all all this timeless child thing, have I told you about this? No, don't want to know. Well, you were saying about the regenerations, is there unlimited amount? And so essentially it comes down to the Doctor was actually a child that was discovered at the end of a wormhole. Right. And this lady found her and found out that the child, if she accidentally, you know, kicked it down the stairs or it fell out the attic, it would regenerate. Weird. So how'd you find that out? Yeah, okay. She fell off a cliff, didn't she? Oh yeah, she fell off a cliff. Oh, and okay. Pick, uh, the bottom changed. Oh, so it, it's yeah. So we're going down this route now with Doctor Who of we have to know why. What what is all this about? Mm. Who's the so the Doctor's the timeless child now, and there's mm. all these regenerations <clears throat> that are before William Hartnell and da 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 da. da. Oh, as much as I think it's a good idea and it's an interesting idea, it's just. I can't help but think, can we just have some aliens? This is a backstory, isn't it? It's another one of my pet hates. Backstory. Backstory, emotions, that sort mm. of stuff. I don't want to know why Batman's Batman. I just want to see the toys and the killing. <laughs> um, I, I, I do. I couldn't care less why they got to where they got to. I just want to see them doing what they do. And, and essentially, it hasn't been a problem for 40 years. No. But it's only in the last... Oh, well, no, sorry, 50 five years it hasn't yeah. been a problem but now all of a sudden it's sort of well let's just go down that road oh. but it's just oh do we have to they do apparently well everybody's doing it now aren't they it's just the thing it yeah, must well, be the same thing <clears throat> as emotions and love and mm. back backstory is yeah. just the new thing that every we need to explore this character's past no. and find out why they're flawed well, and who they love we want more monsters Monsters M- per minute. MPM. The MPM count. It's know, dropping. It, it's, it's, it's gone. Well, it was 3.50, wasn't it? Three Daleks, 50 minutes. No. No. That's not what we 350. want. 3.50. 3.50. That's the ratio of monsters to minutes. What's 3 to 50? 17? It's 30, 17, yeah. 1 to 17. No use. No. More it's monsters. Too- I think it's also a way to have some kind of one, like affiliation for fans with the show now. Yeah. Another one is it does mean something, even if the dialogue is bad or the stories aren't great. Well, it's big anyway because this is a revelation of a character you love. So it doesn't matter if anything else is bad. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just looking at it from a different generation. I certainly am. Maybe that's what people want these days. They want backstory. Would you want like an hour of 
why the doctor became the doctor. Why is Mr. Blobby like that? Exactly. Why yes. is he so clumsy? This is what they're doing. Mr. Clumsy or Mr. Bump. You know, why? Don't 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 look at his bumps, look at his childhood to got him there. Yeah. Um no, I want monsters. I want killing. Robots. The minigun with the lasers was the best part. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um but that's what times have changed. It is what it is. All the Marvel lot of got backstories. They do. They do. Oh well. There we are. But on the whole, I enjoyed it. I watched it twice. Yeah, I watched it once. I didn't mm-hmm. want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's crap. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a red. Who's the next Doctor? I don't know. It doesn't yet. matter, does it, anymore? No, does it? seriously. I don't, That's a shame. It could, it? it could be anybody. Well, now it's, we know it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it matters who it is. It's who's writing it. I think that's more important. Probably it is. Probably more who's in charge. I hope they don't. No, sorry. It's been a child. I, I oh, I reckon that's on the cards. What having a oh, child? Precocious little nine-year-old teeth. All teeth and eyes and in and, and little doctor. Oh, see. <laughs> I can yeah. see the Adventures of the Little Doctor. CBBs. Oh. Well, you got Baby Yoga. Yoda, not Yoda. Baby Yoga. <laughs> baby Yoga's an exercise for your baby. Yoda. Your little Yoda going. Why not? I can see that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a red as well. Not for any sort of... <clears throat> I just didn't enjoy it, really. I quite enjoyed it. And it's not to say that it's bad. I just... I was just bored. Just because... If you'd ask me after I'd watched it, I'd give it a green... Because <clears throat> I watched it twice, and I enjoyed it, despite the uh, glaring incongruities, gaping chasms of incongruity. <laughs> yeah, can have that on a t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> check out my gaping chasm of oh, incongruity <laughs> and my ring. Um, yeah. well, I, going back to, did, have you got a rating? What, red? You're going to go red. But I think it's crap, because we know what good Doctor Who is. And how much but more if, if you didn't know what... Let's say you'd never seen Doctor Who, never mm. heard before uh, about it. Would this, as a standalone New Year's Eve entertainment, work? No. OK. That's that sorted. I just want to go back to this point that Philip Edney... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would. No. I want to go back to this point that Philip Edney from the Sirens of Audio podcast from Sydney, Australia, um, has to say about uh, the Doctor in Eve has no regard for the trillions who've uh, just died. The three species that she's just committed genocide on, which she is the cause of the whole situation, oh. or her companions who she insults or sends to their death to buy her time... One story has the true Doctor, the other has a person I don't recognise. Do do you think of... I'm not saying do you agree, but do you think there's any sort of... Is it very Doctory? Is Jodie very Doctory? I always think this is... The character of Jodie, sorry. Not Jodie, because the character changes when the... Yeah. I always think it's a contradiction. (laughs) Because by right, if we don't want to know the origin of the character, then we don't know the character fully. And the amount of people the Doctor would have killed over the times is insane. Yeah. And yeah. to judge her actions for that, maybe at the end, the whole time, Jodie's Doctor is a bit of a dick this whole time. That's what I think of tenants anyway. Because in the end, he forces, he makes someone commit suicide. 
he's a dick at the end of that he really is and I think that was the point the whole time Maybe. I hope that was the reason because like all the everyone likes him until the end like a Breaking Bad sort of the good good man turns to bad wow and think of the um, the war as well the oh, the, the time time war, war. the amount of amount of people he, well he they the doctor killed the whole planet yeah twice Oh well. So, so he's, I, he's killed millions of Daleks. So in this instance, he's killed. They've killed millions of Daleks, millions yeah. of Cybermen, yeah. millions of the dog Son- people, yeah, millions of Santarans. Uh, the the flux that flux hadn't been reset, has it? It's still eaten the whole of the universe. Don't know. I'm assuming the ood on that little ship thing yeah. is trying to fix everything so what what are they saying then in their feedback the, well that this doctor just isn't the one that i recognize like they've got they've caused the whole situation they've killed all of these people mm. with no sort of oh okay well, and i just, think that's what's missing that there's no she hasn't given a thought to it not one not one monster. I think it's that it, 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 when you watch a Tom Baker or when you watch a John Pertwee or whoever it is classic doctor you you know how they're going to react to the situation because you're so familiar with how yeah. their character's written but I think with with Jody especially the character doesn't seem to be fleshed out that much that you can sort of you no. know how she's going to react so she kills a load of people in the next story she doesn't care anymore because she's just sort of not just that's just something that's happened. Doesn't doesn't phase it. I'm still reading this. Sorry. Uh, 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 should we just make some noises? We just make some noises. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> that's not a yeah. Try it. <laughs> try it. Just play yeah, them all. It, it's tricky though because if you've got like the Daleks who are in the Doctor's eyes a force for evil, mm. you're going to kill them all. Yeah. And, them the, and the Cybermen. Matt Smith was the same. He wants to kill yeah. them all. Get yeah. rid of them all. Mm. But who's right? Well, one man's terrorist mm. is another man's freedom fighter. So we might see. Ooh. Well, no. and that's that's what Tennant's era played on. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he may think he's right, but the trillions of um, species that he's just killed are going to think he's wrong. Um, mm. We're outnumbered. Oh, I like the sound of that. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah. What do you do? Do you just... Life goes on. I think (laughs) just mention things that have happened at least once. I just need to tell you how much you mean to me, though, just before we... (laughs) (laughs) What does that do? Yeah, it's tricky. It's a good point by Philip Edney, is it? From the Sirens of Audio podcast from yeah. Sydney, Australia. Thank you very much. Oh, well. Yeah. That's it. Oh, is that, that's it? Yeah. There's no it. feedback for Eve. Not really. Not really. Not really. What was the one that you crossed out and said you were going to oh, say? Oh, yes. Player? Sorry. Sorry. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. It's like question time. Clap. I've lost it now. The sorry, sorry, sorry. No. <laughs> no. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, no. A lost script. No. Why is that gone? 
Oh, two blank pieces of paper. If I, call, if, I, if I hold that up to you, of course, that could be like, like, like psychic paper or stuff, and it'll be on there. We've got one bit of feedback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another bit of feedback for uh, Eva the Daleks from Mark Cochran from All of Time and Space, a Nerdology UK podcast from Exeter, UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rather enjoyed Eva the Daleks. Whee. It was a small, self-contained story Whee. after the universe-spanning epic of Flux. That's what I said. Whee. I thought the countdown mm. helped ramp up the tension and stop the time loop from getting too repetitive. I liked Ashling B and Ajan Salmon. Ajani. A journey? I think, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it was a shame that we didn't get more of Pauline McGlynn, but what we got was still fun. The next time reveal of The Return of the Sea Devils was really exciting. I'm looking forward to see how they'll work in the new series. I agree with him entirely. Fair. Can you have a round of applause? Thank you, Mark Cochran. Yeah. He's bang on. As a standalone unit, it worked for me. Done. Well, all that remains is for us to say thank you very... No, it isn't. All that remains is for us to say which stories we're going to be covering next, next time. time. My story has been picked by the randomizer, and unfortunately, it is the Colin Baker story, Time Lash. Less said, the better. Is it bad? It's dreadful. Would you like to know where it came on the Mighty 200? Uh, yeah, was it 199? Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have fun with that one, everyone. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. No, I, I wouldn't have missed it. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've got to watch stuff on TV. You've got a Britbox membership out of there. I've got a Britbox. I can use that. So I, I think Tom Baker's great. After watching Pyramids of Mazing, it does make you want to carry on. Like, watch the next one. Yes. Yeah. Because there was some proper history there as well. Yeah. Whoever wrote it had gone into Egyptian history and yeah. done the job properly. It was great. Oh, and we should say, as it is our one-year anniversary... Wait. Look. <laughs> <coughs> uh, next time... Oh, go, oh, go on. I never want to do the one it picks, but I'll do it. Okay. Boomtown. Boomtown. Isn't that part of a two-parter? Sort of. Not now. No? Okay. I, well, so Boomtown is by itself, but it sees the return oh, of the Sladeen, okay. which oh. is another two-parter. Okay, that's fine. Do you want to watch three no, episodes? No, thank you. No, thank you. No. I'm quite all right, thank so you. So the Doctor discovers a Sladeen is behind a plan to build a power station in Cardiff. In Cardiff. It's going to be a fun one. It'll go over budget and it'll never work. <laughs> well, the Chinese will get involved. <laughs> right. So as it's been a year of podcasting, I think we should just say thank you to everybody for listening for this year. Yeah. And everybody for downloading and sharing and supporting and being there for us. We're going to take a moment out of the dialogue and a moment out of the story to just pause for a moment and tell you about our feelings. <laughs> so I just I think we should take a moment to just say how much you all mean to us and uh, how we've been cane in this podcast. And it's been... Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I've been Harry. I've been Luke. I've been now and again, Tim. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Oh, I thought this was going to... We're going to do speeches. I thought that was a speech. There we go.
You can send in your feedback, comments and suggestions by contacting us. On Twitter, at WhoCanConvince. Email us at mail at wccy.co.uk or visit www.wccy.co.uk Be sure to leave the podcast a rating and a review on your podcast platform. For bonus content and access to the podcast Discord server, consider supporting us on Ko-fi. You can find all the links and information on the WCCY website. Thanks for listening and thank you for your support.